Well, here we are returning to kind of a, a sleepy series for us. We've been we've been going real slow with this one. But returning to the Transformers uh, stuff for the fourth film, Age of Extinction. Now, Isaac, I, I this is a you said that this is the last one you saw in the theater, right? Or the last one you've seen in general? Correct. It was July something 2014. So seven years ago. Wow. Or eight years ago. Sorry. Yeah, that's a long time. Wait, nine years ago. Golly. Yeah, and Eric, did you see this one in the theater? Sir, I have seen every live action Transformer movies, movie at the theater. Glad you said live action. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I very much, I've said this story before. We were there at the Cineplex in 1986 or whatever it was. Transformers, the movie was playing. I wanted to see it so bad. But I was with three adults, and they all vetoed my choice, and we saw Big Trouble in Little China instead. Great film, acceptable. Turned out to be, which turned out to be pretty good. But it still wasn't Transformers. <laughs> yeah, and I'll say uh, I'd given up long before this came out. I didn't even really know this came out. It was just like, oh, another Transformers. Huh? And I didn't know that there was any dinosaurs and stuff. I didn't see this until uh, summer of 2021 when I was doing a big Transformers retrospective. The heck? Which is weird to me that that was that long ago. It feels like I, I just did it. And that's when we then later on in September started the retrospective. Which again is crazy. Yeah, summer, September 2021 is when we started this. What was the motivation for the starting the retrospective? I think I know. Yeah, there's this podcast I've been following for, I don't know, like almost like maybe like 10 years now and they do just franchises. So everything they do is basically retrospectives of series. And I'd always put this one off. I was like, ah, Transformers, like I'll just hold off until I, until I don't have anything else like to do. And so I reached that point last year and I was like, okay, I guess I'll just watch these now. Uh, 2021, 2021. Yeah. And so then it was shortly after that when Isaac, I guess, felt inspired or, or something. I don't know why, well, we, why we started this. Uh, yeah, I think it was because I wanted you to... Well, you've seen it and you're not a fan of it. But, like, I basically wanted an excuse to, like... I'm not going to... Okay. Not criticize, but at least go through all of Bay, Michael Bay's Transformers films so we could eventually get to Transformers 86. So mm-hmm. there's light at the end of the tunnel... It's way better. It's going to be way better than like the Star Wars series because we're reaching the middle part where that's it's the good stuff. And then after that, well, that's uncharted territory. We'll get to that later, but that's for another series. Sorry, that's interesting. I thought I kind of thought Beast Wars, the live action, was going to be the light at the end of the tunnel, even though that was unknown when you started yes. the series. <laughs> yeah, I did want to say I, I did look in my journal, um, and I wrote down what I wrote in that journal for my when I saw this for the first time. I said, easily the best one yet, but super bloated and bland to its core, but less humor is good. 5.2 out of 10. <laughs> so we'll see if it if it lives up to that, if I think this is the best one yet in this series. This week. Yeah, I, I can never figure out how you compartmentalize certain things like with movies and genres, because you being so into like the kaiju genre at large, you would think that this would... You, this, you would this would get some kind of pass, this franchise as a whole. Um, because in my mind, you, it takes the same type of mental sensibilities to accept and go along with like Godzilla-like movies and Transformer-like movies. But for some reason, they're partitioned for you. 
Oh, there's a big reason. It's the terrible, terrible humor, the massive run times, and the, the action isn't fun. It's it's just explosions all over the place. And at least in those first ones, robots that I could barely tell apart. We'll see if that changes in this one. We'll see what I what I think as we go through it. But uh, are you guys at your old timestamp zeros on your, your Blu-rays or I potentially am. illicit copies? UHD, sir. UHD. Oh, yes, UHDs. Yeah, I forgot they had those in this. I mean, that's what I'm watching, obviously. <laughs> Wait, this was on UMDs? That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a PSP in front of me right now. Oh, but actually, before I f- press play, I forgot. To, I have to, uh, for, per our sponsors today, Bud Light. Um, if you guys have seen this film, then you'd know that uh, when, it, when it came out that we were doing this, a Bud Light representative contacted me. So let me just uh, open my can there and... Yeah. Is that true? <laughs> no, it is not true. <laughs> I guess that's our first advertisement. Probably not. And as a matter of fact, I may have had the, I think I may have had the UMD for Transformers, the first live action. Oh, that's funny. There's really a UMD for like the first Bay Transformers. <laughs> that does surprise me. I think there was. I think there was. I think I had it. I mean, I had like Transformers as a game on PSP, so I had a UMD, but I never had like the movie. I think I owned it. I think I own the physical copy on Wow, UMD. that's actually kind of cool. <laughs> oh, but let's, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's all go to timestamp zero, and we'll hit play in three, two, one, play. Stars. I'm seeing stars. Or, sorry, stars. They're, they're gliding on water, and they're, yeah, they're heading to a mountain. So my recollection of when this movie was coming out, or before it came out, was that I was happy they were laying to rest, like the Witwicky stuff, the Witwicky saga. Oh. But I was really hoping this was going to be the change of the guard in, in terms of director. And I was really looking forward to that happening. And of course, it didn't. So that was a little bit of a blight on my going into this movie. And it's not that I hated Michael Bay and what he did. Um,. I just wanted to see like a fresh take on on a sequel to this franchise. Yeah, and even though I wouldn't say that this is fresh, it certainly is a, a different take. Uh, it feels like he's <laughs> played back his more uh, pro-military instincts, which creates a very different dynamic in this one. And he plays down the humor for most of the runtime. Yeah, and I'm curious about those military associations. If that was a conscientious choice on his part, or if it was no, we just we're just not interested. So do it without us. I wonder too. <laughs> I'm very curious about that. Uh, but kind of continuing the trend, I guess set up by that last film. I can't remember if they did in the Revenge of the Fallen, but yeah, we open the the film years before the the main plot takes place. Oh, this one it's millions of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is also the first live-action Transformer movie to not begin with a Optimus Prime narration. Oh. By the way, I find that alien hand, I find it fascinating that the biological aliens find these ships. That's... And I don't know if we see them necessarily in the rest of the movie. I don't know why, and I still don't know why, but for some reason, the first time I saw these vessels and the way they look, for some reason in my mind, they evoked... Um, Quintessons or Quintessicons or Quintessons from the animated series? Quintessons. And I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why it evokes them to me, but 
for some reason, seeing this for the first time in theater, I was like, I feel like those are quintessence, like um, quintessence. Uh, but I don't know why. I don't know what that is. I don't know why, it, like their snail-like appearance says that to me. But it is what it is. So Isaac, knowing that you have a bit of a, a dinosaur phobia potentially, uh, I didn't. When, when you were in the theater back in in 2014, did you, when you saw the dinosaurs, did you balk a little bit? Like, oh, here we go, more dinosaurs shoved down my throat as you uh, said in one of our, our episodes at one point. Oh, so, so not a fear, but a loathing of dinosaurs <laughs> is what you meant. I think if I remember correctly, it was in one of our episodes when Isaac went on a rant. I think he was just annoyed that uh, they're like shoved down our throat in media that they show up everywhere. Dinosaurs. <laughs> Am I quoting you correctly, Isaac? Oh, Glacier Bay mining with the bay uh, highlighted. There you go. So... It's mostly a certain captain whom I disagree with when it comes to uh, raptors being the most awesome thing in the world. Uh, You know who I'm talking about, Caleb. Yes. But it really is, again, I have high respect for uh, Jurassic Park, the movie and the novel especially. Um, And I do actually like dinosaurs in general. I just do. I I strongly dislike when they're shoved down my throat and (laughs) I'm, I'm told to like it. And I'm like... Oh, wow. I, no. Wow. Oh, what do you think about the Remember Chicago reporting lane activity there? That that opening... I'm sorry, that shot, though, it reminds me of the opening titles to the Smallville series. Yes, it absolutely does. Because I always noticed how it had, like, the CGI cornfield look. Oh, God. Uh, and, and it had also, like, the little, um, like, billboard as well. Yeah, I'll say for me, up to this point when I was rewatching it earlier, and on my first viewing... I was like, wow, they, they really feel like they're expanding this Transformers world. Like, yeah, now the regular citizens are told to be like reporting alien activity. We saw those weird biological aliens. I didn't even know they had biologicals yes. in the Transformers uh, world for extraterrestrials. So I thought that was all. It seemed like it was going in a more interesting direction right at the start of this one as compared to those last three. So this is supposed to be Paris, Texas. It's not the actual Paris, Texas. But the town that it actually is, where they shot it, I think, I don't know how you pronounce it, E-Line or Ellen or E-Line, Texas, is where they shot this, and, which is just not too far east of Austin. And I'm pretty sure they shot a bunch of uh, episodes of Fear the Walking Dead in this same town. Because yeah. it just has that look um, of that type of stereotypical southern town. Now, I I mentioned uh, before we started this conversation that Michael Bay tried to move away from most of his more terrible humor instincts in this one. But for the first 40 minutes or so, it feels the same. Like this scene with this old man, they like make a joke about the diapers. This guy's like, I'll kill him. I'll I'll poison him, as as Oatmeal says. That's the kind of ugly Michael Bay humor that I'm just like, who is this for? Like when Bernie Mac is like, I'm a like, what do you say he's going to? smack his mama in the head or break her teeth or something like that. And it's like, what the fuck? Grandmother. Yeah, just that kind of ugly humor. I'm curious what the... I'm curious what theater this really is because it can't be in Eli in Texas. There's no way. I want to know what this real theater is. Because it's magnificent. By the way, that was a little setup right there. Chekhov's uh, football throw. Yeah. Oh, what about T.J. Miller, by the way? Oh, fuck. I can't stand this guy. You know what? 
I don't know why, because I don't usually go for lowbrow humor, etc. But I like TJ Miller. I'm not like a massive fan or anything like that. Um, and I know he was kind of canceled. Well, not kind of. He was canceled. He, he's, he's surviving despite his cancellation in the industry. But I actually like seeing him in this movie. At the, at, I don't know why. Just like I kind of liked him in the original Deadpool. That's that's the thing I've seen where I found him the most tolerable. I still didn't like him in that. He was still my least favorite part of it. But this one, he he's that classic Michael Bay. Just uh, He's like a Jar Jar Binks. Oh, look at me. Look at me. I'm the funny guy making all these stupid jokes all the time. Oh, I can't throw a football right. The football flies right back. Oh, <laughs> it's just like, oh, man, why do, why do you keep calling attention to yourself like this? You're not. Well, I mean, it's what he was paid to do. Um, and he does have an interesting anecdote about working on this movie, which I'll share in a bit. Yes, I saw that, too. That's so crazy. Did you see it? Yes, Michael Bay's. Uh, yeah. Being yes. Michael Bay. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is really bizarre stuff. The guy's a fucking asshole. <laughs> What a weird director. And what do we think now about the, 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 the stereotypical Bay eye candy? Oh, it's much weirder because this person looks way young. Well, she she looks like she could be like 17. <laughs> well, she is presumably playing a 17 or 18 year old character, but that's the same age as like Megan's Fox character was like presumably in the, in the first Transformer movie. Yeah. Megan Fox is older though. This, this person does look quite young. And they don't lean into the leering eye as much in this one. Oh, that's true. Um, Which, by the way, Isaac, did you recognize uh, recognize that girl there? Did you listen to my going solo? Uh, I I've been working on it, but it's been several months since I went back to it. <laughs> oh, did, oh, I I'm assuming you pointed out in that. Maybe I just forgot. I, well, not only that, I actually realized who it was without looking up who it was, uh, which was even better. What's her significant work for you? Let's just say that she's playing a less empowered character uh, in my eyes. Even though, call her... Then then what? Yes, yeah, I think you're getting very vague here. <laughs> this is not helpful. You don't have to call her empowered in that previous one. I literally do mean she had powers in like the previous film. M. Night Shyamalan's The Last Airbender. Oh, she's her. Not the, yeah. like, you know, not the most strong character in that, not the greatest written or anything like that, but oh. I, when I just say powers, she literally had powers. Man, she must have been really young in that movie. Yeah, now that you say that, yeah. She... And brunette. Okay, so she definitely was, like, still a teenager when she made this thing. Cause that was only oh, she was 19. Four years when, earlier. She was about 19 when she did this one. Oh, okay. Oh. But Isaac, what were you thinking so far? I, I don't think you answered the the dinosaur question of like when you were initially watching it. Did that? Uh... <laughs> you're still on that. Usually, I'm the one that's. Well, you didn't on... answer. <laughs> I didn't answer. Well, it's not that I didn't answer. It's just that like you guys talked. <laughs> well, I think you did start answering, and then you just went away from it. Went off about Captain Logan or something. <laughs> yeah, it would, I was just curious because I don't know if you're a fan of the. The Dinobots or Transformers, or if that affects that as well. That's that's kind of where I was going. Have you played? Oh yeah, right. You haven't played Fall Cybertron, so like, dude. One, I liked one of the. Di- I'm not gonna say that. I I looked up what dinosaurs or that could have been. That first one that like had the food 
uh, had the, had the dead animal like in its mouth, obviously for food. Uh, I I kind of latched onto it. I thought it was really cute. Um, and the running of the dinosaurs was a lot less jarring than it was in uh, Peter oh, Jackson's God. King Kong. It was a lot more. The, the, uh, whoever directed it was you know a lot more aware of its surroundings, and it wasn't so close up. So I was okay with that. I actually felt bad for all the dinosaurs getting vaporized by the creators. Um, and mm. so I'm kind of I'm kind of happy to see that my our, 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 my little friend he like sur- well okay obviously he didn't survive but like he he avoided that onslaught uh, of getting transformed or whatever it was being like um, liquid explosion or whatever you want to call it like a solid explosion which is a really cool idea um, but by the way Caleb the creator uh, had a bit of metal on their arm. Um, and also, I looked that up on the wiki, and that's like the only appearance they get mentioned in, like the next film, and that's literally the only appearance you'll ever see of like the Quintessons or the Creators. Excuse me, and that's it. Is that a, an actual Transformers thing, or is it an invention for this movie? Well, it depends on what media you're talking about, but like mm. as far as where it's at least in G one is again, I'm not an expert on G one. As far as I'm aware, the Transformers were created by. I think it was the quintessons yeah um but also well okay primus i'm sorry primus i have also been uh uh in there as well but like that's that's a tale for another thing we still have yet to see him in here i think he gets yeah no it's implied the quintessons like invented the the transformers or the sentient robot they quintessons come first and they're i think they're not trans like they can't transform as far as i'm aware um and vector prime is not a part of them but vector prime is a different character altogether he's not one of the original 13 primes the original 13 primes are like after well after primus is because the quintessons make unicron and primus and then like uh uh, primus goes on to create i think the transformers Uh, and then he's a he's cybertron he turns into cybertron and then the decepticons autobots blah 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 okay (laughs) and then we we have here but again that's in other medias that's not in this media the short answer no offense to Isaac, is that just like most everything else in these live action Michael Bay Transformer movies, things are loosely inspired by the source material. Mm. Like they 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 take things, but then they completely put their own spin on it to where it's almost not right. It's kind of like what Abrams did with Star Trek, except worse, like much more of a departure than what Abrams did to the source material with Star Trek. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, you can sense that watching these. You can sense that it's just mindless kind of references. We'll get to that later with a certain, uh, certain character. But what do you guys, what do you guys think about the purple people, people eater joke and this more kind of ugly humor, where he's threatening to beat her up with that bat? And is this supposed to be funny, or are we all supposed to be laughing? Oh, look how they all interact. They're all so angry. I get what you're saying, but it seems so much. Um, it seems so much. What's the word? Um, played down compared to the last. Subdued couple. compared to the the first three. I agree. So, in other words, it doesn't really set off like my alarm bells. Not nearly at all. Well, for me, I just find it. I'm like, what am I supposed to be getting out of these scenes? It's just unpleasantness. Well, you know, it's and it's definitely it's definitely played down. It especially. Like the th- the second one felt like it was like 
I don't know, on like speed or something. It was just like firing everything. Well, I guess that wouldn't be how speed. Oh, yeah. Those ones are on a whole different level. Yeah. But yeah, this one, it, it doesn't really stick out to me. They're just trying. I mean, it's really obvious. Hey, he doesn't want to sell. He doesn't want to give up. I mean, it, I don't know. It fits the framework of this movie. Um, I don't know why I get a different subject, but I don't know why I get a little bit distracted. A little bit, not much. So I'm pretty sure this movie was like all shot digital. Um, but there's little scenes here and there that have grain. And there's only a few. And, and, they're, and they're short. Lat- we just saw one right now when when um, the daughter was talking to the dad. Um, it was it had the grain. And I'm curious if just a few select scenes were shot in traditional film. Mm. Because it doesn't make sense to me that they would digitally grain up just few and far between shot like that was like why would you so it, it makes i don't know I, I just don't understand why there's just these discreet little scenes that look like they were shot on film when 90 percent of the movie 95 percent was shot digital and since we're getting our first look at the the transformers here i wanted to say uh i think across the board michael bay and the, the people behind this movie in general finally listen to the complaints that people had had since the first one came out of like these transformers are not distinct enough we can't tell the characters apart like give us something that feels unique make these characters feel more memorable so everyone in this one looks very different from each other and we get the first of these kind of more human faces of the the transformers we just recently saw that with the guy whose gun popped out of his head oh yeah that is true what do you guys think of that kind of look for the the transformers there uh, how about you, Isaac? <laughs> eh. Like, <laughs> I mean, they shouldn't look human. I mean, well, they're okay. They're obviously modeled after us. So like, sure. I, I don't know. I guess it works. But I think he means like, what do you think about the change on this compared to the three previous films? I yeah. care little for the change. So <laughs> there's my answer. Yeah. I kind of feel like Isaac, but a little bit more nuanced. <laughs> um, I just always wish they looked more similar to the G1. Um, I feel like we talked about this on, on another previous commentary. I never liked them looking like a, a million different movable pieces. Yeah. Um, never, never really cared for that at all. Yes, they do have more actual recognizable faces in this, now that you bring it up. But they almost come across to me as um, some, like something from some other movies or something. They come across as like, um, like killer Japanese cyborg robots. Like they almost remind me of some of the, I don't know what they're called, if they're called cyborgs or what. But they remind me of some of the creatures like in the live action Ghost in the Shell movie, um, with like human like face. Like they're, I don't know. I I don't I don't know which I prefer to be honest. Um, like because this character is one of the few from the like recurring from the original trilogy, the first three of the live actions. Ratchet. Yeah. By the way, I hate that's the way they dismiss Ratchet. It's, it's horrible. But so he represents like the old style face, and I guess they look kind of insect like. They remind me of. Hmm. Those creatures yeah. on uh, in Attack of the Clones, um, but 
I don't really like either, but I guess I like the newer version more, but it's, I don't like either. Yeah. Uh, to be honest. I feel, I feel a similar way, although I'll, I'll lean more. I like this more because at least I can very easily tell them apart and they feel distinct, but I still think they look ugly. I feel like we don't get good looking transformers until Bumblebee. Otherwise it's just kind of these like noise festivals. <laughs> just looking at them, they look noisy. My bigger issue though, that I was thinking about, cause I took the time to review this before the commentary. My bigger issue that I was thinking about recently was I just hate that even all the way through this movie, cause I don't have trouble. I've never had trouble telling them apart. But my bigger issue is, even though they have individualistic characteristics that differentiate their personalities in these live-action movies, Mm -hmm. you don't actually feel like they're actual characters that you care about in any of these live-action movies. The only ones you ever care about are Bumblebee and Optimus, maybe Megatron sometimes. But everyone else is just like a face that just shows up. And I hate that because, because that's one of the the most important things when I think about nostalgia for the original Transformer cartoon is that you very much connect to the individual characters of the, the Transformers themselves. Um, and just because, I mean, we haven't met the character yet, but just because the John Goodman Transformer is very obviously this braggadocious, like, man-at-arms, whatever... But, but he's just like a facade. There's no actual character where you actually like feel connected to him in any way. And I yep. hate that in retrospect now about these live-action Transformer movies. Yep, that's definitely a, a big issue. It's like, they're just generic robots. Like, who cares? Yes, they just seem like automatons. Like those, those Disney automaton characters. Um uh, like, like, okay, it's mimicking a character, but you don't think there's an actual soul inside of it. Yeah, and we see some some pretty brutal like killing videos of the the Transformers like begging, "Oh no, please, I'm an Autobot, I'm an Autobot." It's like, oh, I feel bad for that that robot, but it, I mean, if we knew some of these characters, like Ratchet, there, he's shown up. I felt bad for Ratchet just because, like, really, that's your comeuppance, like after being in this series, and you're like one of the few remaining original in the in the live action series. Like, ugh. But I get that's the point, though. They're trying to say, oh, now the yeah. humans have become so disgusting that they would kill their friends, quote-unquote. But, ugh. Yeah, it's one of those things where you feel bad in, like, name only, because it's like, oh, no, that, that character won't continue. But it wasn't a real character. It's like, oh, no, that, that name won't continue. You know? <laughs> so I don't feel emotionally invested, like, oh, I'm going to miss Ratchet so much going forward. This This is another Michael Bay aspect. Like, this actor, I don't know his name, but he's that guy from Reno 9-11, right? Mm-hmm. And I never get why in these movies, especially these Transformer live action, you get these weird cameos of faces you recognize, but they will be in the movie for literally three minutes and never seen again. And I don't get... Is that just Michael Bay's like, hey, I like this guy, I just want to put him in? Like, I never get these weird cameos in, in these Michael Bay movies. Michael Bay is the type of guy who a normal filmmaker would be like, okay, we're going to have this somewhat minor role. 
let's get a recognizable character actor in there who can bring some gravitas to it. Michael Bay says, let's bring in a random comedian to bring some humor to it. <laughs> he does it all the time. And it's just, oh, it's just brutal for me. I don't mind it, but I, I, I wish they had more involvement in the actual movie or story, whoever the, the face is. Well, if, if we got that, it'd be like that first one again, where we have like, I don't know, like 20 characters that we're focusing on. And it just feels chaotic because it has no focus. I want to talk about this set from the first time we saw it in the movie. I have a weird aversion to these types of sets. They're big in Michael Bay movies, but they're not only in Michael Bay movies. Yeah. How do you feel about these kinds of sets that are just... (sighs) It reminds me of the Spielberg language that was established in his early popular blockbuster movies like E.T., where wherever you... Whatever setting it was, everything was just lit immaculately. Like it, it's like hyper real life um, lit um, because general audiences just think, "Oh, this just seems like a movie." But when you really break it down, you've never gone into your garage or barn and, and seen it look like this, unless it was like the golden hour, you know, sunset like in real life. You've never seen your barn look like this, and I'm almost triggered these days when I see these kinds of sets in movies do you have any kinds of thoughts about what i'm talking about isaac oh about set uh no comment (laughs) i think it i think it's lit nicely i'll I'll say that Uh, the the stupid like brain dead answer is i like how nicely lit it is feels like a cw set where it doesn't necessarily feel like a real person oh yeah cw does it a lot yeah, it just feels like we want to really make this encapsulate what the character is. This room describes the character to the audience is what I got from that. But I will say... Uh, oh, I just saw that shooting star. Yeah, I kind of like that. <laughs> I will say I think um, this type of character, an inventor, makes a lot more sense than Sam Witwicky as the, the human that interacts with the Transformers. It just seems like a natural progression having an inventor being their uh, their human companion. That's true. However, wasn't it supposed to be, or I can't remember. Yeah, like in the original, wasn't Witwicky and his dad, his dad was in construction, but but they had mechanical expertise, I think. It was the grandpa. It was the grandpa? Yeah, Sam was just trying to sell off his grandpa's glasses. He was like, these are probably worth some money. We're talking about Generation One. Oh, you mean the movies, in the movies. I'm talking about oh, the cartoon. The <laughs> I'm talking about the cartoon. In the cartoon, I think, I think they... Played upon? I'm not sure. I think Sparkplug was a mechanic and his dad was, like you said, a construction worker. Yeah, so then it made sense in that context. But you're right. I mean, in the live action movies, yeah, a quote-unquote inventor. Although, he does come across as that hack type of inventor. Yeah. I wish I could think of another example from other movies. Gremlins. One, Gremlins, yeah, yeah. But who just like remixes things that already exist. And I don't, I'm always dubious of that kind of invention. Yeah. Just a patent hunter. Let me make some slight tweaks so that I can patent this and make some money. But he's just not even good at it. <laughs> it's almost like some of the Doc Brown crap uh, inventions oh, in, yes. in Back to the Future. Yes, very much so. Except <laughs> that guy's an actual genius and invented time, tra- time travel or a time machine. So, sure. like, I'll grant you that. Yeah, this guy's much more in the Rand Peltzer uh, category for Gremlins. And also, is this the first time we see Optimus in the tr- more traditional truck form in the live action? Correct. 
And that's the thing, man. They put all these little Easter egg nods for like the OG fans, but it's all just like, like it's it's a nod and nothing else. Like it's just like fan service, but but like skin deep fan service. Yeah, and that's been their mode this whole time. It feels really hacky. It feels like let's milk the the fans by throwing out a name that they know. Oh, I know that name, so I like this character now. Yes. And they pull a really stupid thing with it later in this movie. Unfortunately, it's the sad truth. Um, yeah, and even though Kurtzman and what's-his-name, I mean, I don't think they're involved anymore at this point, but it's... Or C. Yeah, it, but it's like their legacy. <laughs> I feel like yes. they sort of established it, and it's just continued. And that's kind of... I, I was able to watch some of the special features, because there's actually quite a lot. Um, so so yeah. I don't have enough time. But from what I did see, it, yes, it very much came across. And I got this from special features from some of the earlier live actions. Yeah. That they, it's like they had the visual encyclopedia of Transformers G1, <laughs> but they just like just looked at things and like, that's a good inspiration just based upon like the visual and the name, not from actually like knowing the character or anything like that, just from like the look of it. Like, let's just use that. And it sounds like that's what they continually did throughout making all these movies. Yeah, but I'll say so far, uh, despite my numerous complaints, and I'll continue to complain, I up to this point in the movie, I am enjoying it much more than those those first three. And part of it is because we have such a focused lens this time. Like if it, by the time we got to the, this runtime in those first three, we would have already been jumping around all over the place for ages and have like no focus. We get Sam, we get the government, we get these random other things. This time it's mainly on these guys. We've seen a couple shots with the government stuff, but that feels way more in the background than uh, how it was in those other ones. You're right. And this, this, this family here, I don't think they're great characters or anything, but it's okay. I mean, it's it's serviceable. And it doesn't offend me with horrible comedy, <laughs> except for TJ Miller. But... I generally agree with you, even though I'm not so turned off by the first two Transformers movies, but that's it's like a separate subject. Yeah. Um, but I, I generally agree this is probably the best since the first, even though that's not the way I would rank them, but, but that makes sense on paper. I kind of wish that Optimus Prime would just killed him there. <laughs> and he would have been gone for... Oh, we'll get some savage moments later in this movie. Yeah, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> Johnny Regret, what was that? I, I keep whenever we get to rooms like this in movies, I'm always just looking around oh, at set design. I can't help it. I I saw a lot of little Easter eggs. I was freeze framing earlier when I was watching scenes in this barn. Um, like when she makes the joke, or not the joke, but when she talks about, or when he talks about, you can't use the J word in here. There's literally like a poster making reference to the J, J word, um, like in the background. But you can't really catch it unless you freeze frame because you know, you can't read it fast enough if you're watching the movie in real time. Now, Isaac, for you, uh, what do you think about this plot of the the, the Autobots having to go on the, like hide from the, the government? And what do you think about that change for the Transformers this time, making them more uh, like on the run? Uh, in this entire series, so Michael Bay's Transformers, um, yeah. I think... Other than like, again, 
maybe retconning ish or maybe i'm wrong on this but like i mean i i maybe the plot twist is in there like i i, I don't know okay sorry i'm being vague but just the fact that the beginning had the creators coming to earth and making dinobots is again earth's history is very much tied in with the transformers universe i suppose even though it shouldn't be but whatever um it's just because it's you know it's where our humans are and it's us so they have to but as for the present stuff uh it's the opposite of uh revenge of the fallen where nest was created to work in tandem with the autobots to track down any remaining decepticons from the first film uh i I will say I, I enjoy the premise of it. Like uh, on paper, I think it's a really cool idea of the government has turned uh, on the Transformers and have, uh, or the Autobots, excuse me, and hunted them down. Yeah. And really just the Transformers in general, like they don't want them on here on Earth. It's very much a uh, an analogy, a metaphor for, especially with Kelsey Grammer's character, since he's in CIA, um, any foreign uh how do i put this uh yes. any any foreign uh p- persons and foreign cultures coming into america it's it's <laughs> one could say that this is an analogy for that and is ahead of its time when it comes to certain politics of it if you read it that way which is very funny for michael bay yeah that he's almost making a osama bin laden or, or that kind of reference <laughs> yes with the transformers <laughs> which could be inappropriate but it's interesting that he's going there. <laughs> yeah, it's going there with that. But other than that, like, so on paper, I, I approve of that idea. Um, even though they tried to leave in the last film, but uh, that obviously didn't happen, but yeah. whatever. And um, I kind of wish, I know, like Eric said, it's a clean slate. We don't want any people from the previous film other than Optus Prime and Bumblebee. Um, I, I do kind of wish that, like, I know, I know, like, Tyrese isn't here and Josh Dunham. Uh, neither of them are here. I wish they kind of like made, maybe, maybe, okay. Yeah. We wouldn't have gotten this, but I would have liked to know and like where they're you know, just read the comics, uh, what they thought of this. Maybe they were just transferred to Antarctica or something like that and told to shut up. I, I have no idea, but I kind of, you know, what would, would like to see like what previous members, uh, of the military working with the Autobots, what their opinions are on this, but, or if in fact, one of them, well, instead of the man in, the man in black from Lost being in this, what if we had like one of the uh, other characters, one of the military guys, uh, leading the charge? That would have been interesting. Uh, yeah, no, no comment on that for now, because I, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything for the next film. But, um, but I did want to say, uh, as as you were talking and mentioning the the stuff with the dinosaurs, it, it didn't occur to me until just now. How much that opening kind of reminds me of Prometheus, with the creators coming and, yeah, in some ways, extinguishing and creating life. And yeah, that something about that just made me think of that as you were talking. Uh, the generic version, like the, the the very bland version, rather than like you know what Prometheus is. Well, I, I don't know if I'd call that bland. I, I don't. I kind of like the scene with the dinosaurs. I thought that was interesting. Really? And again, having the biological aliens there, I think that really. Adds a different shade. Techno organic. Techno organic. Well, they certainly look more organic than uh, that's true. The tiny but... Brief glimpse we got. Well, I saw that they had a um, the, the their skeleton was metal, or at least looked metal. Oh, weird. 
Maybe I missed that. It's mm. a blink and you'll miss moment. You have to look at it again. But again, the the whole thing in like Transformers is techno organic. The um, as as I'm calling it, and Eric will uh, definitely disagree with me on this. It should be the Orsi and Kurtzman effect, but I'm calling it the Dave Filoni effect of taking little itty bitty pieces from like old canon and then sticking it in new canon. Oh. Yeah, I knew oh. you'd grown up that. You're right. I disagree about the Filoni connection, but yeah, yeah. okay. But the Dave Filoni effect it is, is here. similar. Yes. And I'm also curious for this this lockdown character, since we kind of skipped past his scenes. Um, is he a Decepticon or is he something older? I wasn't sure. Eric, do you want to go first? Do you want me to like go on my you know long tangent? I have no special insights on that character other than what's presented in the movie, which I don't think it's made completely clear. Well, he's definitely, well, I don't know. Say what you want to say about that. Look at that. The CIA agents are all dressed in black and Cade Yeager is dressed in white. Yeah, they, they just came from a um, a, a Matrix uh, <laughs> reunion cosplay convention. Yes, exactly. So Lockdown, uh, I don't know if he was in G1, but I know him from uh, a, uh, uh, Animated. I know him from Animated, uh, where he was voiced by Lance Hendrickson. I think he did a good job. Oh. Uh, and he's pretty cool. His, uh, his whole motif in, in animated it, again, I know this uh, going on a tangent, but I, what he was is he's a mercenary. He's a mercenary. He's a bounty hunter. Uh, kind of like, well, no, okay. I'm not going to say like Boba Fett, but he goes in there and he, uh, and or collects, uh, unique items of transformer member, especially in animated where like every transformer, uh, in that show is uniquely designed and they each have like their own like special, like uh, tech piece, if that makes sense. Uh, so like Ratchet has in that show, he has this like EMP generator that like, you know, is used for uh, medical purposes to like put the transformers into lockdown so they can, uh, you know, be, be repaired easier and whatnot. Kind of like putting, you know, a person into a Can I just interrupt you briefly? Oh, please go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. This scene here when these guys come in the room, there's this little robot and the robot's like, alert, alert intruders. And then one of the guys is like, what's that? And then another guy, like in clearly an 80 yard line, says, that's just a dumb inventor. And I was like, what, what, what just happened in that scene? How, how did that get to this this screen here? He's, is he saying that the robot's the dumb inventor? I just thought that was a really strange moment. I wrote in my notes. But, but sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, Eric, anything to comment? Not on what I'm saying, but just on this, on this movie. No, it's just because I'm like, who the hell is locked down? And, you know, just scanning the wiki real quick. Because uh, I didn't realize he was in the animated. Because I haven't seen most of all the newer animated Transformers stuff. Um, but so they consider Lockdown as part of the G1 continuity. But he never appeared in the originals. He's in the... Or he was introduced in the comic G1 um, continuity. Which to mm. me is very confusing. I mean, I, I get it. But then... But then I don't get. I mean, like it's weird to be part of the continuity. Like in other words, it's like saying, "Oh, so and so is from like the original trilogy Star Wars continuity," except they never appeared in those movies. They were just in a comic that took place in the original trilogy time. You know what I mean? Like that's weird. So, are you saying that George Lucas was in charge of continuity on Transformers as well? <laughs> my, my, Michael? Or no? I guess yeah, Transformers. Oh, maybe. So, so, so he's considered part of the G one continuity, even though the character was introduced in 2005 in the comics. So that's just weird to me. He was, he was created like in the generation one 
um, era. You could say that. That's right. more lenient. Right. Like retroactively. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, no, I was never aware of the character. Although they did make a toy for him for Revenge of the Fallen. So I'm curious about that. Yeah. Well, that's another thing where, like, in the comics for the uh, Michael Bay's Transformers, they introduced every they just put everybody in there because huh. why not like like even shockwave was in, introduced in like transformers uh won the game for pit six like so 2007 like he was in the game already and then he's in he's the main villain in two, uh, in uh, uh dark of the moon by the way uh the scene with the the guys they had the gun to her head and kelsey Grammer basically gives him the okay like go ahead and kill her if you need to like yeah that's definitely a very different take for michael bay with his uh you know, kind of worshipping of the governmental bodies in those first three. This one, it definitely seems much more uh, villainizing. <laughs> I think somebody probably convinced him that was a good idea. And, like, this whole thing, like, it makes sense. Like, in every big franchise, this is always bound to happen, where your heroes have to go underground. So, it just yeah. weirdly makes sense. And they're killing the hell out of these folks. I mean, they're they're blasting them big time. Fuck these troopers. I guess they're CIA. They're not military, but oh, there's this guy again. The weird face guy. Uh, lockdown. Yeah, weird face man. Should lock down that face of his. Oh, damn! That guy's fucked. By the way, that was a practical effect. No way! Wow, that's crazy. Well, now it obviously wasn't a literal car that's that jumped over a hill and touched a man's face. I'm not saying that. But it was a practical effect in that it was done in camera, is what I'm saying. There, I, that's, that's one of the things that's actually surprised me from watching the special features that I watched, was mm-hmm. that so many shots and things that happened in this movie that I just assumed would be CGI were actually practical in camera. Like It was very shocking to me oh, how wow. much of this was in-camera effects. And I'll say it's nice to see uh, Jack Rayner here. I think this is a fairly early role for him, and he's using his real accent. I believe, I believe, yeah, he was a nobody at this point. But yeah, most. Uh, what is he known for now? Most famously, uh, Midsummer. I think his his. Uh, oh shit! Yes, that is him. Holy shit! But also uh, the recent uh, Russo brothers film Cherry. He's really good in Cherry as well. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, that's a great film. And this is an okay tr- car chase. I like seeing all these uh, these vehicles uh, here. You know. Yeah, they got me because I totally assumed, like the way they wanted me to, that that was the transformer off to the side, the rally car. Yeah. Um. So they got me. Um. It's weird to me that this came out. It's so weird that this came out the same year as Interstellar. I can't believe Interstellar is that old, like nine years. Like that. That's yeah. just crazy. But I bring it up not just because of the age, but because, of course, the cornfields. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I am curious what kind of cars. I'm not sure what they are. The black ones. Like, what make they are. Very interesting looking black cars. Yeah, I'm not sure what they are either. See, now, do, you, do you see the grainy elements? Now, here it's obviously, I, I'm assuming, a stylistic choice to mm. cut to these weird grainy film shots interspersed. In this action scene, you know, it almost reminds me of the weird HDR situation with Way of Water, or I mean HFR situation. Yeah, how 
sometimes the frame rate shifts for no apparent reason. And that's how I feel about this movie. Sometimes it may, okay, I see reason to do it during this action sequence, but then there's other sequences where it just comes out of nowhere and I don't understand it. But I think it is an intentional stylistic choice, even though I find it confusing. By the way, I I appreciate this uh, this new character here, this this boyfriend character. I feel like in almost every other Transformers movie, this would be another comedy relief character, but he he's almost never funny, and they actually give him a real art. <laughs> 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 Sounds like such a backhanded compliment, but I yeah you know yeah you're right. <laughs> yeah, and then he has a real arc with our character. I mean, we've complained, or at least I've complained in the past two films. That by the time you get to the last act, the Shia LaBeouf character isn't even a character anymore. He's just a, a prop being moved from set piece to set piece. I feel like they they really tried to avoid that this time and, and give us some arc for the characters to have. Not just move around in action scenes like, oh God, those fucking movies. <laughs> I'm just getting annoyed thinking about them. I really do hate those films. I don't hate them, but we already know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is an okay chase. I, I think this is working okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all right. It's all right. How about you, Isaac, over there in the? Uh, yeah, how, how, how are you? How is this hitting you? I feel like I haven't heard from you in a while. What do you think of some of this stuff? I care a little about this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Like, do you want me to? comment on it they're they're focusing uh, again this is as eric said this is an american kaiju film they're focusing on the humans not the monsters i want them i want the monsters not the humans yeah yeah absolutely yes i i uh, that's definitely how i feel about these movies of course critically i need to be unbiased but that's impossible for me in this case um I just wonder because that's been the story of all these films. I mean, they've all been extremely human centric. The Transformers have played little role in the majority of the runtime. They usually show up for the last 40 minutes and they kind of take over. But yeah. And I understood it in the first film, the establishing movie. That's fine. But with every sequel that came, Oh my God, that's so stupid. I'm sorry. (laughs) The ramp. What the fuck was that? Okay. I didn't even notice that earlier. I must just writing notes. That's just so stupid. Oh, it's a, it's a little fast and furious. <laughs> I'll admit, but yeah. Oh. So it was here where, even though Eric's comment came earlier, I actually thought that what the, I was actually kind of excited because I'm like, are they going to do what I think they're going to do? Are they actually going to have like a human interacting with a transformer? So like the the human is driving the transformer and they're working in tandem. I don't know why like that would need to happen, but I thought that's what like Sheen's car was, was like an Autobot. Uh but nope. They didn't do that. So I'm kind of kind of sad that was a missed opportunity there. This is a great looking effect even though it makes little sense. Oh, I fucking love this. This is the moment when I perked up my seat. I was like, "Oh, thank God. We got rid of the dumb." Oh no. By the way, that that scene almost it almost felt like it was in high frame rate. I was literally like, fuck no, the first time I saw this. Really? Yes. I told I was enjoying him in this movie oh, since man. the first viewing. And I was like, no fucking way they're doing this like 30 minutes or whatever we are into this movie. No fucking way. He looks like Doom Guy. Doom Guy. 
Oh my goodness. At least with the like the way his face is now, he looks like Doom Guy. Sort of. Not not fully, but from the Doom games, like the lead character in those? Yeah, sorry, from like 20, 2016 and Eternal part. Yeah, which which one? The the burn skeleton burning or the, Oh no, the, no, 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 Lockdown. When when Lockdown like had his like I guess visor over his uh face, uh it was green. I'm like, it looks like Doom Guy. I am so curious and I have no idea. Was it always meant for TJ Miller's character to be dispatched at this point in the movie? It's a good question. Or was it something retroactively put in? Because it it seems so weird to me if this was the way it was designed from the beginning. Well, I'll, I'll say, and then and then you can give Michael Bay's quote about it, because that might add some more weight to your side. But I think um, he really did want to tell a more serious kind of movie in this one. and Or I guess the writers, too. But I don't know. Michael Bay usually leans into stupid comedy, even if the movie is serious. Pearl Harbor has a lot of that. Um, but they they really just drain the movie of comedy at this point. Like Stanley Tucci shows up and he has some dumb bits too, but it is a much more serious affair for the last hour and so of this movie. Um, but yeah, you can you can give your Michael Bay quote because yeah, maybe maybe that does have something to do with it too. Because what do you mean about the situation that um, T.J. Miller has talked about? Yes, of them not getting getting along on set. And... Yeah, so he ta- yeah he he talks about how. Basically, uh, on set, uh, um, Michael Bay, Michael Bay, um, yeah, Michael Bay, um, basically, like, continually or frequently, like, verbally berated him throughout, yeah. like, his working on the movie, and it was like telling him, like, like, come on, be funny. I heard you be funny. You haven't said a funny thing yet. Like, do it again. That's not funny. Like, you know saying those types of things um, and just constantly berating him. But then, oh yeah. And he said like, you better do something funny or I swear to God, like I will like, you know, I'll, I will fire you or whatever, like on the spot or I'll take you out of this picture. Yeah. I said, I can still cut you out of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's weird. But then TJ Miller goes on to say that, so that that would happen like during the day, mm-hmm. um, like working. And then at the end of the day, um, Michael Bay would just be like, hey, by the way, uh, want to go get a beer? Like somewhere, <laughs> like I, like after shooting. So weird. He's very weird. Fucking guy. Yeah, he said it was a very bipolar experience. He, it was like two different guys he was working with. Yeah, very strange. But no, I imagine. And, and, and just and just to make things seem a little bit more uncomfortable. So I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but there in the special features, there's this whole segment that's just like T.J. Miller. Like TJ Miller's little doc or whatever. And it's like 10, 15 minutes long. And it's like a, you know, like a, like a, like a, like a, like a handy cam, digital cam. Hey, I'm TJ Miller and we're just going to go around and shoot some stuff, you know. Oh my God. And it was, and it was produced like after the movie was finished or at least principal photography. And like in the first segment, he, and this is the thing, like I can't tell if this is Gonzo or what, but he just like randomly shows up at Mark Wahlberg's house unannounced. Oh fuck. And it kind of seems like that's what's going on. Well, no, no, no. Not unannounced, but like, hey, I'm gonna show up. But Michael, but um, but Mark Wahlberg has no fucking clue like what's what like what's gonna happen or what what's gonna be done. And it is supremely awkward. Um 
Yikes. Cause like it's, it's a weird Borat experience. Cause it feels like it's genuine. Like he just showed up and Mark Wahlberg is just like, what the fuck are you doing here? He doesn't say that, but that's what it comes across is like, what are you doing in my house? Like, this is weird. And then like the next segment after that, he shows up unannounced to Michael Bay's executive studio, wherever he works out of in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And they won't even let him in. <laughs> and it seems real because they're like, yeah, we don't know who you are. He's like, I was in the Transformers 4 movie. They're like, yeah, we don't know who you are. And normally you have to set up an appointment. And it seems completely real. And it's so awkward. And I felt bad for him. Don't <laughs> because... feel bad for him because TJ Miller is known for being just a big asshole. He's not a particularly likable person. I've heard some of those stories. I, I see him. I see both sides. I've seen both sides. So I don't know where the real man is in the middle between the bad stories and the sincere stories. And he might just be one of those people who thinks that being an asshole is funny. So he does it for his, his comedy routines, but it, it doesn't give him a good reputation. He's known for being a, a big prick. So <laughs> I'm sure he has a prick side, but man, I felt bad because like everyone was just treating him like he was a fanboy and not like an actual actor in the movie. And by the way, I will say for, for Michael Bay, yeah, well, another quote was he was like, there's 300 people here on set. None of them are laughing at you. It's like, <laughs> I'm just berating him in front of 300 people. <laughs> like, fuck. But, uh... <laughs> That's funny. But I mean, but yeah, but Michael Bay's on record for being that harsh, too. But by the way, I agree with Michael Bay. He's not funny in this movie at all. He should have cut him out. This guy, the guy's terrible in his scenes. It's not his best ad living. <laughs> But I think it's okay. It's okay, and I I wanted his character to continue on in the in the movie. Oh, and me saying that, by the way, is not me uh, agreeing with Michael Bay's treatment. I still think that treatment's terrible, but I also don't think it's funny. And if I'm and if I'm saying it, you know, I'm being sincere because generally I don't like weak comedy. Like you know, I generally don't like comedy movies, so I don't. I can't explain why I'm okay with. T- TJ Miller in this and most of the things I've seen him in. And I'm not saying I'm his biggest fan either. It's just, I don't know why it just works. I'm sorry. I, I did not notice that before. Why would Optimus Prime put the Autobot logo on himself when he's driving around like this? Does he have to have oh, it? Oh, he's, he's always had it. I mean, in all the live action movies. But I just wonder in this case, considering he's on the run. I know what you're saying. He knows but... they're looking for Autobots. Like, why would he, why would he print it there? The whole point of the Transformer concept, like, if you're supposed to be robots in disguise, yeah, why would you put logos? And uh, that never made sense. I guess it's just a conceit. Yeah, I guess it's just like it's a weird thing that only the audience is aware of because we're the only ones who recognize. (laughs) I guess. And and um, by the way, I do think it's strange, and I don't understand why the Transformers do seem to represent different ethnicities or have different accents. Like we got a British one here. We have this, this clearly Japanese inspired one. It's like, I thought these were aliens from a different planet. Uh, if, am I supposed to believe every planet has a Japan? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I'm assuming that they've like grafted these roles. I mean, this is just me like making up my head cannon. I'm assuming in these live action movies, they've assumed these ethnic roles the way a person would create their character for like an RPG or something. That's what I'm assuming. 
And I was curious for you guys, is that something that appears in the the animated stuff or is that an invention for these films only? I can only think of one instance off the top of my head. Isaac? Well, I mean, like I said, our imagination when it comes to concepts of aliens only goes so far. And I think what Eric is saying on the like, you know, these are these are classes from Dungeons and Dragons. I think he's on the point. I think it's also just, again, like you said, oh, I could tell them apart because one's the British guy, one's John Goodman, and then the other's Japanese. Um, there you go. Memorable. Uh, you can you can tell all of them apart. So I think at least, well, I mean, jazz for Pitt's sakes in the 80s was in, in one. Oh, yeah, jazz. I forgot he had like that as well. No, the, the ones I was thinking of, but the, which always seemed weirdly ethnic to me, besides jazz in the originals, was um, the Junkions. Um, oh, Junkticons. Junkticons. And the main one, uh, the the main Rekgar. speaker. Yeah, him, exactly. Like, in my kid brain, he came off as very Charlie Chan, Ching Chong-y. Uh, Fu Manchu. Um, that's the way I always interpreted him as a transformer in my kid brain. Was a weird Fu Manchu transformer. So that's the one that comes to my mind. Well, I mean, the Junkicons got their <laughs> kind of like in this film or in the first one. Kind of like Bumblebee. They they got all their yeah all their pop culture. They literally got all their pop culture or their sorry their whole language is based off of garbage, like literally like disposable media, which I think was a jab of the eighties. Well, yeah, it was physical garbage, but it was also they're like, how do you know that? And like, we watch TV exactly. Um, so yeah, they got it all from watching television. So I mean, again, and I kind of think that's that's unspoken about these Transformers. They just imbibed human pop culture and not only like video games, but like the matrix. Like if you were, if the matrix was real, you know, yeah, I want to have a samurai look. Oh, or I want to have this or, or kind of like the characters in sucker punch. I know it's all like imaginary, but they can Mm -hmm. just imagine themselves as whatever they want. And I guess if, if these transformers are real, if we pretend like they're actual real things, they're, they're probably doing the same thing. Like, just picking and choosing like what they see from human pop culture. They need a Bollywood transformer. <laughs> oh. oh my god! Did you? Guys, oh, you guys don't watch Gundam? Or wait, do you guys? Have you guys ever watch? I think it's Z Gundam or Double Z Gundam. Oh, Gundam sad. Whichever Gundam is the one where the whole series is like a, a world tournament. I know exactly which one you're. T- G Gundam. Uh, it's probably G Gundam, but Caleb, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but there's this nope. whole Gundam series, and it's like a world tournament. It's kind of like almost like, well, it's almost like Street Fighter Two, or like if there was almost like a WWE type situation for Gundams. <laughs> but like every Gundam like represents their country of origin, but they're all extreme stereotypes. So like imagine a Gundam. Like with a sombrero and maracas, and like, you know, it is like every Gundam is like very ethnic stereotype. It's insane. 
By the way, I wrote this down because we things have been moving so quickly, it's hard to get them in. But as much as I kind of am okay with this boyfriend subplot, I think that leads to some okay moments. Him having the Romeo and Juliet law printed on a card that he keeps in his wallet. <laughs> that is fucking disturbing. That's that's a one creepy ass dude. That is a very funny I have to think it's either Michael Bay or someone whispered in his ear and he was like, Hell yeah. And it's so funny because because I have done research on that in Texas, and it is absolutely like true to life. Like, like Texas literally has that Romeo and Juliet law. Yeah. It's described exactly as it's described in the movie. That's like that's it's all real, and it's very accurate. So somebody did their research, <laughs> like, and it's just so funny to me. He's like, he knows that he's going to get in trouble for this. So he's got the card printed just in case the cops arrest him. I'll take out my wall. Look at that card. Don't take me to prison. By the way, uh, Isaac, do you recognize this chick here? This blonde lady? Sophia Miles is her name. Ding. ding. Well, the, the, the actor, I mean. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, all right, I'll just look it up. Okay, I, I can tell you, but, uh, but how about you, Eric? Do you recognize her? Of course, I recognize her. Doctor Who, the girl in the fireplace. Yes, but Isaac, you—we just recently saw her in Underworld. As she was uh, Craven's uh, girlfriend in the first film. Oh wow! Yeah, I wouldn't have—I would not have remembered that. I have not seen Underworld in a million years. I didn't realize she was in that movie. But uh, I, I saw her in another movie. Oh, Art School Confidential. Um, of course, I watched that after I saw her in Doctor Who. Um, but yeah, I've been wanting to bring her up because how did she get into this movie? Yeah, it's a little, well, yeah, it's a little random. How did Stanley Tucci get into this film? <laughs> No, but Stanley Tucci, he shows yeah. up in all kinds of shit. And he fits. Playing these crazy character types. Michael Bay in, in each one of these Transformers movies has tried to have a somewhat bigger character actor play a bigger role in the, the last half of the movie. Like the last one, we had that guy from uh, Grey's Anatomy. And then, uh, who was it in the second one? It was somebody crazy. Uh... Uh, John Malkovich was that the second one or was that the third one too? No, that was the third one. Yeah, and then uh, what's uh, Ken? What's his name? Uh, he was also in the third one. Oh yeah, that guy. And then of course John Voight. Uh, maybe he didn't get one for the second one. Maybe maybe he just relied on terrible jokes. Uh, I mean, John Turturro came back, <laughs> and that... well, I wouldn't call him respectable. Yeah, this uh... and the guy from Iron Fist also was in it, so. <laughs> But yeah, so Stanley Tucci's that version in this film, that kind of bigger character. Yeah, actor. for sure. But Sophia Miles being cast, like, she's not that well known, like, stateside. Hey, maybe he's a big Underworld fan. It's like, oh, I just love the way you were all over the Craven actor in that one scene. Let me bring you in here and put you in another suit. All right, now that you now that you mention it, she's actually, yeah, a picture of her has come into my mind. I'm like, no, I, I remember her now. Thanks for, thanks for reminding me. I've always been delighted by her since Doctor Who. Yes, yeah. I always enjoy seeing her. And I think she's fine in this. I mean, it's hard to be good in a Michael Bay movie. 
she's fine, but spoiler, she just gets dropped like nothing. Like she, she's in the movie to a point, and then she just disappears. And I, I hate that. That's that's what fucking drives me crazy with all these Transformers. Is Michael Bay is so he has no focus. We have like way too many characters all the time. And then they just fall away from the movie. And it was like, why we even spend any time with those characters? Like, just cut them. <laughs> Focus your lens as as a filmmaker. But he just, he can't help himself. I think he thinks it's exciting. He's like, we're jumping around. We're seeing all these different people. That makes the story look like it's a huge story. But really, it just makes it a big kind of clusterfuck, in my opinion. And not that we're BFFs or anything, but I am wondering how Sophia Miles is doing these days. Because uh, I don't remember the details, but I think she went through a lot of difficulty during the whole pandemic thing, lockdown. and all. Oh, really? Like, I think it took its toll. On, yeah. I can't remember the specifics. Maybe lost her dad. I can't remember specifically what all happened. But I just know she, she was pretty affected by the whole situation. Curious how she's doing now. Wow, worse than waterboarding. Did not catch that line last time. By the way, I hate they brought this little guy back. I just can't stand that character. <laughs> I know, of all the things to bring back. Yeah, fuck that little guy. So Now, here's another thing that they just willy-nilly took from the original, um, the original franchise story or whatever, but with no reverence at all. Dave Filoni effect. <laughs> oh my god i had a controller just like that back in the 80s early 90s for for um <laughs> this poor guy he's getting brutalized for atari pc anyway they they willy-nilly just grabbed out of the the lore the fact that megatron at one point transitioned into galvatron but they just take the concept practically a name only with no reverence at all to the source material and just completely readapted to this cockamamie situation. Oh my God. Which I don't like. And that's, that's another thing I just, these movies, they drive me insane. Most of the time when I was watching it, I was like, Hey, you know, this is actually pretty cool. We got this whole other plot with these, these non-Decepticon seemingly uh, guys here and, no Megatron. Thank God we finally left that dead horse, you know, behind. Don't have to see him pop up again with his stupid plots. And then for like half an hour of the movie, it, it takes. Oh God. Oh, I would. I was just. It was just painful watching it. <laughs> it was so painful. Like, when are they gonna leave that guy behind? Megatron. He, he's just complete dead weight. Just oh. I wouldn't technically call Megatron transitioning to Galvatron as. And even though I wouldn't call that like transitioning, more like utterly changed by Unicron, at least in Chrono, like you know, in the Generation One continuity. But that's just me. We'll get to that in a moment. Well, the reason I think transition, well, not only because he's the same person, but well, sort of, but also because at least he still retains the concept of being like a gun or projectile weapon in his in his in his disguise form. Um, well, shit, what is he in this? So like, what was he in the original? I mean, in the, the first couple movies, what did, what did Megatron transform into? Okay. So this was weird. He always, they, they always like to like change his form up. So the first one, he was a Cybertronian jet. Okay. Second yeah. one, he was, 
he switched between a Cybertronian jet form and he also changed into a tank. And then the third one, he was like this oil tanker truck or something like that, like a rundown beat up one. Yeah, it's so weird. And then they change him again, of course, when he gets into Galvatron here. Oh, what was cool in the original movie is he goes from being regular Megatron to when he becomes Galvatron. <laughs> then he gets he be, he becomes he gets voiced by Leonard Nimoy, which is just huh. fantastic. Um, but um, that is weird, though. You mentioned him being a Cybertronian plane and a tank because in the special features they said that this movie was the first live action Transformer movie to feature triple changers. Um, oh, hmm. so <laughs> well, they didn't tell me that. <laughs> Well, they could be wrong, or I don't remember what happened in the earlier movie. Maybe he switched, like, I can no longer do the plane thing, because now I'm a tank thing. But I can't remember how that all went down. Oh, by the way, uh, this this uh, Chinese actress here, Li Bingbing, we'll be seeing her soon, Isaac, in the, uh, the Resident Evil series. She shows up in there. And so I was kind of happy to see her here. I was like, hey, I know that that lady. And I think she's relatively solid in Resident Evil. So now there's a franchise I know next to nothing about. But this is the the peak of that period where they were making movies and bringing in Hong Kong actors solely to reach that international audience. Oh, it's (laughs) yes. When this came out, this is when I was peak aware of that whole thing um, of appealing to the foreign audience. So seeing her there. Yeah, I mean, she's a big actress over there. And her couple little crossovers to the U.S. have usually been in order to bring her broad appeal. Yeah, Ken Watanabe is always that kind of guy. And that Indian actor from Amazing Spider-Man is that kind of guy. Well, Ken Watanabe, I feel like, has long since established himself as uh, having a presence in North America. Lee Bingbing really doesn't have much at all. Oh, he, he does, but when he's in a big-budget movie like this, you know what his purpose is. It wasn't his acting chops. Well, I, I don't know. I he, he can bring in some pretty good performances. Oh, I have no problems with him as an actor. But I'm saying, I feel like he was targeted casting for this movie because of his Japanese heritage. Well, how about some like uh, Inception? I don't feel like that movie was necessarily... Yes, I was about to say that. So, okay, he was targeted for his Japanese-ness in Inception... But he wasn't targeted to sell tickets in Japan for Inception. Whereas for this movie, I feel like he was targeted to appeal to that international audience. That's fair. That's what I'm saying. And potentially Godzilla as well. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And like I say, it's just like that Indian actor whose name escapes me um, from uh, the Amazing Spider-Man movie. Yeah, I have no clue which one. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, that's weird. I don't remember. Hmm. He was the... um... He was the, the detective in uh, Slumdog Millionaire, the one who's interrogating the protagonist. Oh, yes. Yes, I know. I know who you mean. Yes. I heard he's in Life of Pi. I'm not sure. I haven't seen that movie. Oh, this is so lame. I mean, I'm talking about how this company is trying to rebuild their own Megatron, but they're really just rebuilding the bad Megatron unknowingly. 
Yeah, and I'm curious for you, Isaac, knowing that you, uh, when you first saw this in the theater, you had a bad, you were pretty unhappy with it. Was there a point in the movie where it turned for you, or were you just in general, like, coming in with your arms crossed, or or was it at some point in the plot where it really lost you? Do, do you remember much at all? I, from what I remember, I just wasn't moved, and I didn't latch on to Mark Wahlberg's character, or any of the other characters i didn't i just really didn't uh i didn't like it i was like i can't I, i'll tell you what my issue was with the movie back then um so they heavily build this as we are bringing you the 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 dinobots i'm like okay that that's fine i guess for nostalgic reasons sure why not so i thought this movie was gonna sell i don't know why i thought this that they would pull something from the original cartoons that <laughs> it was like the quest for the Dinobots or, you know, we're discovering the Dinobots or we're dealing with the Dinobots. I don't know, something. But instead, when I remember watching it thinking, okay, when are we going to get the Dinobots? Like, when are they going to be in the movie? And spoiler for the commentary, for those who haven't seen this, they don't show up until there's... 45 minutes left in the movie. And then they just show up like nothing. Yeah. Like I said, there was no quest for the Dinobots, no like seeking them out in a tomb. <sighs> it was just, hey, we need them now. And then, further spoiler for the commentary of what I didn't like about. Okay, so now we got them in the movie, but the way they were characterized or lack thereof. <laughs> yes, that's even. That was the fuck. Fuck you. Like, like I was fucking waiting for these Dinobots, and I was waiting for some me Grimlock say, we on our way. And fuck. Oh, my God. Spoiler. For them to be basically mute, fuck off. Because they come across as glorified versions of that guard dog in the beginning of that movie. Of this movie. Yes. Fuck that. Fuck that. Yeah, they are not characters. No. Not even slightly. Yeah, so that was the whole draw-in, and then to just make it like an afterthought, that was like a little bit of a fuck you, and I did not appreciate that. Yeah, and again, it, I mean, it sounds like I'm, I'm bashing this movie horribly. I don't think this is a terrible movie. I, I still think it's... Oh, I feel the same way. <laughs> it's among the best of the Transformers we've seen so far, but it's just the flaws of this, this franchise is just never... It's never going to be something I like, these Michael Bay ones. because They almost have an element where they don't feel like real movies in some way. And they're like no. way too long. It's They're insanely long. It's just shocking how much they stretch and but how little is actually there. <laughs> it's, it's so strange. Not, not, to be a, not to be a broken record. I've said this numerous times. I've said it in the previous commentaries. I've said it other places. These movies remind me just straight up of international blockbuster type movies like the Bollywood type um, Eastern cinema type ah. um, where I'm talking about the blockbuster ones, the ones that are just supposed to be like popcorn movies, broad appeal that mm. are. And this has the same flaws and issues that I find in those big budget international movies. Like this is an American made international movie, quote unquote. Um, literally, like it's playing. It's playing by the, I know, but it's playing <laughs> by the, those rules is what I those like different rules, which is when you watch those. When I watch international blockbuster movies, 
They all come across as bloated to me. They all come across as like, like not receiving like editing that, that was the, that was very much needed. Like they always keep everything in. I notice when I watch international blockbusters, when I feel like, Oh man, you should have cut that part. Should have cut that part. Other because of like time, like wasted time or has no significance to the movie. I notice international blockbusters, they'll take these little side trip, like um, side quests that have like no bearing on the overall movie. And it, it just like never makes sense to me. Um, and so this movie is playing with those international movie rules, in my opinion. Um, and I can, I can, in my mind, look at it through that prism and excuse it, just like I do when I watch these international blockbusters I'm talking about. Yeah, and in these kind of movies, I, I, I guess I don't watch a lot of these types of movies in general. But you asked earlier, like, how can I tolerate Godzilla movies, but then separate these into their own weird category i mean i feel like the the 90s godzilla movie was playing by those exact same rules back then and i guess maybe that was an international director but i don't know i feel like there's been a long strain of these kind of hollywood blockbusters that are just like this and i just don't i just don't get the appeal i mean and i feel like all of them have the same issue with not having a focused lens where they're just bouncing to all these needless characters that nobody could give a fuck about and it's just just baffling that type of filmmaking to me now to be fair like if there was if this was nothing at all to do with transformers then fuck no i wouldn't be watching this shit (laughs) (laughs) like no way (laughs) but because it is under the transformers guys pun intended i can i can just go just like i can watch any old shitty godzilla movie um because it's Godzilla. Mm. And if I want to be honest, I actually prefer the worst live action Transformer movie over what I consider the terrible Godzilla movies. I would much rather the ter- watch the terrible Transformer movies. Um, my only critique, though, as, as imbibing them as terrible movies, I do wish they had a shorter runtime. Because oh. then they would, be, they would be even easier to imbibe as terrible movies um, and I would, I would probably play them more in the background of my daily life if they if they weren't so taxing in length. Oh, that's that's the major flaw. I feel like this movie would be easily the best Transformers movie if it wasn't two hours and forty five minutes. It's stunning to me, absolutely stunning that it was released at that runtime. There is no need whatsoever. It could easily pass at two fifteen. But when you're Michael Bay. And you deliver movies in a franchise that continually um, worldwide box office go over a bill because this movie is in that group. Yeah. Then, yeah. Because think about it. Think about it. This movie is in the billion plus group. Yeah. You know how many MCU movies are not in the billion plus group? And so that this movie basically outdid a lot of MCU movies. Um, and... That's a little wild. And yeah, some of those MCU movies were not that great, but some of them were pretty good that did not get to a billion. Yeah, and by the way, I complained in uh, when we were doing our James Cameron series that there are some directors that just get so big and they just start to get really arrogant about their runtimes. They're like, no one's going to cut my movies. I'm going to keep in whatever I want to keep in. Michael Bay is 100% one of those filmmakers. This guy, he's just yeah. crazy. He just does not... I always... 
I always wonder how the the calculus works for those international blockbusters. Like, is it a draw for those international audiences that, hey, come see this movie and you're getting three hours plus of content? Is that like a selling point that actually draws in international viewers? Because they seem to not care at all about the, the American domestic math, which is, you know, you can only get so many viewings per screen per day. Yeah. If a movie is three that So... I'm curious, is that what it is? Like, if you tell an international audience, hey, this is a three-hour movie, which means you get, like, twice as much for your money. Otherwise, I don't understand why they do that. So, so like, they're they're exactly, like, they ascribe to the same philosophy with those movies. Like, they, they give no shits about making them short in runtime. Yeah, that's fair. I weirdly felt that way. I haven't seen it in a million years, but I weirdly felt that way about the Jackie Chan Karate Kid movie. Like that movie felt very international minded to me in the sense that it was fucking long and the story took these side quests I'm talking about where I'm like, why are we doing this? Why are we spending time on these subplots? Like it's so movie. I only watched it like once. It was okay. I watched it for the Karate Kid name, but it was exhausting. Hmm. Wow, I was just looking it up. This is crazy. Michael Bay has only made one singular film that was under two hours long. It was his first film. (laughs) And it was one hour and 59 minutes long. Which one was that? So basically from the start, uh, Bad Boys. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And then from there on, everything's over 210. This fucking guy, man. It was so funny because I don't remember what he, what he was saying in the, in the special features I was watching earlier, but he was saying something like, yeah, man, I did such and such in Bad Boys and, and I've never looked back. Oh. I didn't realize that was his first movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that is why I have no fear. Come on. What was that line? I was even enjoying that fight up to that line that I was like, oh, no, that was just that was weird. Uh are you talking about rises? No, no, it just happened on screen. <laughs> oh, oh, you reminded me of something of the Bane fight in Rises, and I was unintentionally laughing in the, in, like happily laughing in the theater during that scene. <laughs> that right there just felt like a CGI moment with all the pieces floating. That didn't even feel like real. How gravity works. This is a great shot. I think this is all cool. I think it's good as a still. Well, I mean, it, it's cool. <clears throat> It's a cool moment. I think it works. It's no, no, no. It looks cool, but if I keep looking at it, my brain is like, it's not real, though. Obviously, or yeah, or it, or or it doesn't look real enough to to suspend my disbelief if I keep staring at it. Um, I believe this is the first movie that used digital IMAX cameras. Huh. Yeah, and I like the element of. Uh... Being there's almost like a third party here. We have the humans missing out their stupid little robot in their their war against the the Autobots, and then we have this other third party that are sort of related to the war, but they've got their own ideas. I think that adds a little bit of extra layer of complexity. And and by the way, I I think another thing that elevates this movie above all the other ones so far is the plot feels the most coherent out of the the four movies up to this point oh yeah it, it's definitely simplified although i need to go back and revisit the first one because 
the first one really, really works for me. Um, like, I mean, I mean, you don't get lost. It does have some side quests, but it doesn't. It's not so pervasive that you get lost in it. And I do like how the first one is unique in that it uses to its um, to its what's the opposite of detriment to its advantage 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 yeah it uses to its advantage the whole jaws technique of of like save it like save the shark you know and it it works how they save the autobots and 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 full reveal till later in the movie and obviously you can only really pull that off in the first one yeah hmm this, this is a lot of stuff going on right here visually Isaac, do you have anything to say about any of these these things? I've been, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I'll elaborate on what I meant to say before. I was sorry, I got distracted before. Um, so I I wasn't exactly. My dad took me to see this. I, I said a lot of this in the solo discussion video I made of this, but or uh, audio I made of this. But okay. I don't know. I I I don't know what I. I obviously wasn't outgrowing transformers i think i was obviously outgrowing michael bay's transformers because I, I like a lot of the other series still but i don't know i just nothing clicked with me mark Wahlberg didn't sell me on this movie Qatar didn't sell me on this movie uh kelsey Grammer, even though he does fantastic work didn't sell me on this movie i think he plays a really like despicable villain and really is hamming it up. I think he's having a lot of fun. Stanley Tucci is like good in this movie. And then some of like the Chinese actors you were saying is they're also doing a, a good job, but none of it was like selling for me. And I just didn't feel like it was like hitting me anywhere. So I was like, I don't know. I just, I'm not, I'm not really feeling it. Uh, I still don't think that I, this, I'm not really feeling this movie, but I think it's a well-made film. I can't, I, I shall not say that it's not. Wow. <laughs> Uh, but as, but that's pretty much all the focus is. It's not really on the, I guess it is later on focused on the trans. They're actually trying to give them personalities and whatnot, but I don't know. I'm just like, I'm looking at actors on screen rather than like transformers. I I mean with the Autobots, excuse me, not with like the Decepticons. Cause there's not really any Decepticons in this film other than like, <laughs> it's funny. They actually, uh, I mean, I guess I said this in the last film, but they actually, are hiding in plain sight in a way where Megatron played the long game and became Galvatron by like giving, or at least somehow still remaining sentient somehow, maybe the all spark uh, it's, it's the all spark, but he remained sentient somehow so that humans could uh, reverse engineer their technology. And then somehow like kind of like winter soldier in a way where he like implanted himself within like the creation of this thing. And thus the Decepticons technically are, actually infiltrators for once oh god those guys look surprisingly cartoony their little eyes didn't look like it was up to the same level of uh cgi we've seen so far it's like who framed roger rabbit i think they're a reference to somebody but i i, I was don't gonna know. say it looks like wretched and clank christopher, christopher lloyd sure he talked just like this i actually really like all this stuff in the ship besides those effects 
I think this again feels like it's expanding and it's like, wow, this doesn't feel like any of the other Transformers movies we've seen so far. And this actually makes me think of the early scenes of Bumblebee when we see more of the Transformers world. And that was my favorite stuff of that movie as well. So spoilers. Well, hmm. yeah, I think this stuff's cool. I think this is all, I mean, it looks really CGI, but I, I still think it looks okay. I, I can't remember exactly what happened, but there was some stuff reminiscent of this. I can't remember if it was Revenge of the Fallen or whichever one they went to the spaceship. Yeah, it was the third one. Uh, what's it called? Dark of the Moon. Lockdown has Prime. I feel like I've seen this before. Yeah, what's what do they call that shot again with the uh, the sun? <laughs> I told I mentioned it earlier. The golden hour. I can't remember what they what's the other one that's becoming golden shower. Oh my god. Yeah, I missed it. No, no, there's another one that's becoming trendy right now. I think it's whatever you call the dawn version of it. Of justice. Oh my god. <laughs> what is it called? The the equivalent of golden hour at dawn. Twilight? No. Question actually. So we're back in Chicago again because iconography. Yeah, it looks real different now. Lots of like big metal bits everywhere and it's pretty pristine after uh, what it had in the last film. Yeah, and again I like here that lockdown is uh yeah, he's so separated from them. Once he's kind of done with his task of getting Optimus Prime, he's just like, I'm out. I'm heading back home. So I like the expansion of the, the Transformers there. <laughs> I don't know. This whole bit is like some weird DLC. Like if this movie was a game. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> like now includes this. Like, wait, an expansion or a DLC? Well, both. Like, the you know, now play the Chicago like DLC expansion. Um to this movie yeah the streamlined story would just take us right to hong kong but yeah i gotta deal with this little tangent so what's up with that because it's obviously not a cigar he doesn't have like like a 20 pound like wrapped tobacco um cigar hound is that a shell and how does that work yeah we'll get to that they do uh and even when it does show up later i was i just groaned I was always like, why does he have that stupid cigar in the first place? He's never smoking it, and yeah. It also seems weirdly retroactive for Transformers, who seem to always use like laser-based weapons to go into like, um, what do you call it? Um, what do you call it? Projectile weapons? Kinetic weaponry? Kinetic? Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of Destiny, mm-hmm. where they have like power weapons and they have like kinetic weapons. Oh yeah, no, you you said kinetic, and it made me think of uh, the um, '80s Dune movie for some reason. Interesting. It is kind of weird. Usually, I would like even the '80s cartoon did have, or Gen One did have lasers, and this they're just like, no, 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 no. Bullets work better. Bullets are just better than lasers in every way. Yeah, I mean, but it's almost like I mean, we're gonna get a transformer who has like a humongous bow, like a Navi, like a like a twelve foot bow. That shoots like massive arrows. I actually yeah, again, it's so weird with that. Oh, 
Go ahead, Isaac. <laughs> I don't know if there is a transformer with a bow and arrow. Would you want to go air or with Caleb? No, I'm just saying it's like just weird backwards going. But with that green, uh, do you guys know what that green transformer is there? The one with the British accent. His name is Crosshairs, and I think I know what his aesthetic is supposed to be. Wait, wait, he's not Crosshairs, is he? I thought Crosshairs was the. Oh, maybe I'm mixing up with the red one. Well, sometimes when he, sometimes when he moves his little like cloak thing, it moves like it'd be fabric, but it's it's metal. So how's that supposed to make sense? So I th- I think I know what he is. So uh, Bender there, I think is supposed yeah. to be a. Correct me for at least this is my belief. I think he's supposed to be like a World War One British engineer. With the trench coat and with the mm, goggles on his head, yeah. I feel like he's supposed to be like... Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I have no idea if that's what like British engineers really? in World War One looked like, but I'm just going with that. Yeah, Patty Jenkins, she ripped him off in, in uh, Wonder Woman. I'm pretty sure he's a character that feels just like that. Well, he's also reminiscent of like an old-timey um, British like car racer. That's that's it better. That's mm, you know, mm. that's even better. I know exactly I can I can picture it right in my mind. But then why he's a Corvette and not like an Alfa Romeo or something mm. or Aston Martin, like that doesn't make any sense. Well that's anybody's guess. And he should be I know it doesn't pop as much on the screen, but um racing green is like the traditional British race car color, which is like a forest green. Hmm. Uh, as opposed to the disgusting lime green. Um, like, oh God, every once in a while I see a young person who buys something like a Corvette in a disgusting color like that. It's so gross. It's so gross to buy an expensive car and choose like such a disgusting color. Well, I can't disagree. I I even think yellow is a bad color for sports cars. turns into like banana car or something. Well... It does work with the Bumblebee type car. I mean, uh, I mean, Transformers aside, that is kind of a hot look. Um, and again, I really like I really like this ship setting. I think it's pretty cool. It kind of reminds me of the Borg ship, but yeah, I, th- I think it I think it helps this movie distinguish itself from any of the other ones we've seen so far. Yeah, I don't love these guys though. These little wolf guys. Yeah, Hounds of Hell. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what those are supposed to be. It seems like they're always like uh, excreting some sort of liquid, and they have like hair. I don't know what the hell that is, but well, I also noticed the weird drone-like characters that are working with Lockdown. Yeah, like they—they they don't seem like they transform; that they're, they're just like a humanoid automatons. Which I'd like to know more about what the heck they're supposed to be. And all these big swords, ah. Yeah, I don't know. I am curious to get to the next film to discuss all this this Knights of the whatever it is stuff. Transformer <laughs> but... stable. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it, it completely went over my head when I saw this initially that there was any ties to to last night. Um, like when I saw last night as well in the movies, I didn't realize that the seeds had been planted in the previous movie. Oh, so that is Crosshairs. Hmm. And then what's the name of the red Decepticon in this movie? Stinger? Stinger. Hmm. Yeah, for some reason, Stinger in this movie is positioned as as Bumblebee's like arch rival. I, I don't know why, but... Shouldn't it have been Wasp? 
<laughs> you mean Wasp from Beast Wars? Well, you never saw animated. I guess so. Okay, well, never mind. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> that was Waspinator. You gotta remember that. I wish I had time to watch all those newer Transformer cartoons. Yeah, but even still, I I, I gotta I gotta not be ignorant on that. You ch- you chose Clone Wars. <laughs> Just kidding. You have time. Wait, what is that? Clone Wars is good. <laughs> what are we talking about? I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. It just means where to dedicate your time. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Well, yeah. If those were my choices, and same with Andor, I guess. Oh God. Well, that's must see TV. That's must see TV. That's must see Star Wars. I mean, much more than Clone Wars. Wait for Andor season two. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I, can't, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. The way they left that series. Oh, it kills me. Kills I me. I was just joking there, but all right. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait though. Yeah, it's. I, yeah. I, I try not to be hyperbolic when I say I really think it's it's the best written, it's the best executed Star Wars since Empire, hands down. Yeah, there's no question is the problem. <laughs> everything else we've discussed. Yeah, everything yeah. pales. I love Rogue One, uh, but it's it, Andor is something else. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll give him this. I will give Michael Bay this. Maybe maybe Katara had some say as well. I don't. I have no, I have my doubts on that. I will at least say that that with the the creature with the tongue around her leg could have been way worse. Like. I'm okay with what it is. It could have gone way worse. It could have torn her pants in half until she was just like running around with. It could have gone higher up her leg, but I'm at I'm okay. I accept it for could what have... it is. So good job, man. I'm sure there's a tentacle porn version out there. It could have cut a perfect midriff on her. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Say it with me, everybody. I've seen enough hentai to know where this is going. Oh no! Here we go. Actually, a lot of this, whatever, aesthetic, aside from the Borg, Alien, Mobius, it also reminds me of, um, like, the drone and other type of creatures, like in the Matrix movies. Yep. And it reminds me very much of the War for uh, Cybertron game that I played. Again... I think that one had way better personality than this. I think there's a lot more. Okay, that's not just okay. Sorry. What sorry. is this? I just, I just mean the settings. What? Not to. Are these just some creatures they just captured, like yes. during their journeys? And it's weird because it's like if, if the, <laughs> it'd be like if if the face of a predator was like a separate like parasitic creature that could be separated from the predator. Isaac, when did War for Cybertron come out? Was it before this? 2010. I guess development since like 2008, I believe. But I, okay, you're right. You're right. It does feel like War for Cybertron, but that one had, I think, more color to it. This is just like American steel gray. Uh, there's not really much like color to it, but I can't, you're right. I, I gotta, I gotta give you credit there for saying that. Um, but I, I think that one, even though it had like, a lot more like individual parts to it. Yeah. Um, I think it just still had a different style to it. Like, cause it's, it was almost like the, the Cybertron setting in war for Cyber- I could just do a whole like discussion on that. I would love to at some point, but um, just, I'll say that that one had individual parts, but I think they didn't feel the same as the transformers in this movie. If, if that makes sense. No. Yeah. The transformers definitely. But the, in terms of settings, 
and, it, and it's of course different because that game has lots of different levels and so yep not all of them would be designed like that but some of them definitely share some dna there so agreed i think these shots are cool yeah and coming up this stuff with the steel cabling or whatever this is this was supposed to be the the 3d like set piece of the whole movie and in the special features like like these these actors are actually 20 30 feet in the air on this practical steel cabling that you see it's just the green screen obviously is behind them um for the background but they're up there in the air yeah and when i when i was watching this earlier today this was kind of my turning point with the movie a little bit i don't even know why that like it's not like this is a bad scene but i was enjoying it a lot up to this point and for whatever reason i just started to be like eh like it's maybe it was just because i could feel the big action climax coming on and that's when i started to kind of turn because whenever these these transformers movies switch into that kind of final act gear i just start to tune out so but oh I agree with that, but what's wild is that we're midway in the movie and we're not in the final act. Yes, <laughs> but we are setting up for like a twenty-minute-long action scene. Uh, that's oh, it drives me crazy. This movie—it's so long. It could easily be the best of them if they just shaved off twenty minutes. It could. Uh. I kind of feel bad for the city of Chicago because they had just completely rebuilt the entire city to pristine. Um, considering the events of the previous movie, and now they're getting jacked up all over again. Yeah, now that you say that, I wonder how long do you think this takes place after that third movie? They never really give us a date. I don't, I don't know, but it, I wouldn't imagine it'd be more than five years. But I mean, that's I'm plucking that out of out of nowhere. Actually, you know what? I think they do give us a date. I think when that um, when the boyfriend shows up driving his like little sports car, I think we see like a little bit of he's got like something that says 14 on it twice i don't know if that was like a license plate or i was gonna say what does that mean yeah i was like what is that is that a uh, like insurance note or something oh are you talking about his windshield yeah his windshield oh that's a, that's a texas registration tag was that like the year for the the 14 or the 14 was the year and mm. um the number the other number couldn't have been 14 it's always a month and a year um and and yeah, I noticed those tags. Um, but yeah, those are real Texas registration tags. Yeah, so I guess it is 2014 then. Yeah, that's... Hmm. Which always confused me as a kid because I always saw movies when they'd say license of registration. And so when I was a beginner driver, when I first got my license, mm-hmm. like I, I, I'm the kind of person that I'd always like run through in my head. Like, what am I going to do if a police officer pulls me off and got my license? And then I was like, Registration. Oh my God, where's the registration? And I'm like looking in the glove box and I'm like, I don't know what, where the registration is. Like I've always, in Texas, that sticker, that's that's it. Hmm. The, the, the officer seeing that sticker on your windshield is in fact showing your registration. But as a kid, I didn't know that. And I was just like, oh shit, I need papers. I got no papers. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thinking about this as a kid. No, but I always notice it in any movies that are shot in Texas or that are supposed to be in Texas. I always look for those tags, and usually it corresponds to whenever the movie was shot, like um, like the dates. It's usually the case. Man, every now and again, I, there's shots in this movie that don't look like they're they're either sped up or played in a 
slightly faster frame rate or something. Oh, you know, um, oh, he did it. He did that. Yeah. Um, uh, I was gonna say James Cameron. <laughs> Michael Bay talks about that how he had like some type of special, like high frame rate, like shoot like thou. I don't know, hundreds or thousands of frames per second, mm-hmm. and he definitely used it for certain scenes. In particular, that scene way early in the beginning where the the tire hit the guy's face when the, when the car was jumping. Oh, yeah, because Michael Bay talks about that scene specifically because he kept saying how he was explaining it to his crew and the cinematographers, and like nobody could understand like what he was telling them. Like he kept telling them, "No, you like we're gonna shoot it with this camera, and you're gonna see what it's gonna look like." And nobody can understand it. And then when he showed them the footage using the high-speed camera mm-hmm. and adjusting the, the frame rate, then everybody's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it works. But, yeah. So, yeah, that was definitely a thing. Yeah, and the scene when T.J. Miller, before he gets destroyed and he's running, I, I felt like that was like a, a slightly higher frame rate, too. There's a couple, and especially as we go forward in the big action scene. So that's good to know I'm just not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're still crazy. So I was like, I don't know I'm just if I'm just seeing things here or... Oh, God, th- this moment, this is one of the most shocking pieces of advertisement I've seen in a movie. But it worked. I started to be like, hey, I haven't had a Bud Light in a long time. I, I kind of want to get a Bud Light after this. <laughs> Look at it. It's, it's stuck in there. Fuck that. <laughs> Just keep scrolling on the... Oh, yeah. Oh, man. that That is definitely the most popular beer in my region, in my area, in my town. I have never subscribed to that ideology. Um, Not that I really care for domestic American beer anymore anyways, but, but Bud Light has always been one of my last, and Budweiser have always been, (laughs) always, it's one of my last choices. What am I seeing right now? This is so insane. And that guy, that felt like a piece out of any other Transformers movie, that random guy getting angry. This movie hasn't had shit like that, really. But they just used it as an excuse for him to, Oh, that's so stupid. I can't even believe how stupid that was. I have to admit, though, I do like the drinking game of pointing out any um, product placement or whatever, like in these movies. We had U.S. Bank just now. We had Goodyear. Yeah, Goodyear. Um, I saw H&M earlier on a bridge. Um, a lot of stuff. That one felt like a literal ad break, though. And we'll get another one later. It's like, let's stop. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right, but... I'm okay with it for this kind of movie. See, we're all used to it now with YouTubers. They'll be in the middle of a of conversation and they just stop for a few seconds for an ad break. But that was just intrusive, I thought. Find the Holy Grail. Oh, wow. They're, yeah, they're... I mean, that was just a visual or just a minor reference, but I feel like that comes up in Last Night too, doesn't it? Maybe that's spoilers. I guess just wait. Yeah, it feels like with these two, they really had something that they were thinking about. They have what? They kind of had a, a little plan that they were thinking about, these two. And what would that plan be? <laughs> Just in terms of the story with the... Yeah, I guess. yeah, yeah. but what? What is their, what is their little plan? Yeah, well, I guess we'll discuss it so we don't spoil it for Isaac, but... Oh, okay, I guess we don't remember. But just uh, that, that that kind of bigger scientist character, they just name-dropped that his name was Wembley. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I've been watching a lot of Fraggle Rock lately. and <laughs> Okay. Why? The character of Wembley in Fraggle Rock, I don't know. I, 
I wonder if that was a reference, if that's why they called him that. I mean, he he's twitchy and. Did you watch the Netflix Dark Crystal series? Me? Oh fuck yes, of course. That was their day one. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say if you haven't, I was gonna say put down your Fraggle Rock. But okay, if you have, I watch Fraggle Rock. I don't know, like every other week, or I pop up an episode, but. No one cares, and no one watched that series, and no one who hasn't seen it is going to watch that series in the future. The the amazing Dark Crystal live action, or whatever you want to call it. But one of my favorite, favorite scenes in that whole series, spoiler for those everyone who's not going to watch it, um, was when you see a puppet... A puppet-sized? Oh my god, oh my god. A puppet character itself do puppetry like someone's puppeteering a character that's puppet puppeteering oh my god mind mind blown oh i'm sorry i gotta i gotta cut you off here this this is just one of the worst this is when i just rolled my eyes i was like okay i i feel like i'm giving up on this movie now when this fucking little little transformer here gives this whole uh backstory of megatron's plan and he's even like and he infected it with his nasty little chromosomes. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> he manipulated and go after the seed. Uh, yeah, just like, <laughs> fuck this little guy. Why would they bring him back? This is just terrible. Come on. He's all about mad scientist representation. Oh God. And I was also like, wow, we, we had a kind of interesting plot going on here. But they just can't leave that that fucking corpse of Megatron behind. They like, what is that? Do they feel like this? Like it can't be a transform. Well, the speed there is really off too. And, and whoa, really weird. And who signed off on this land before time crossover event? Whoa, what the hell's going on? Why does it look this way? Weird. I almost look like Rayman, the video game character. Oh yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> that was weird though. That looked really strange. It was weird. <laughs> It is weird because it looks almost high frame rate, even though it does. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm watching a 24p. That is weird. I don't even remember what I was talking about. I just got so distracted by that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. Okay, okay. So the in between time between the previous. Okay, so the previous movie took place. In 2013, and then this movie picks up in 2018. In in the Star, I mean Star Wars, in the Transformer universe, cinematic universe. This one, yeah. So this movie is supposedly taking place in 2018, whereas the previous movie took place in 2013 in the Transformer universe. But what about his uh, his insurance tags? <laughs> That obviously corresponds to when they shot the movie. Oh, weird. weird. Where, where are you getting this from? I'm curious. Um, this is. By the way, Isaac, are you? Did we lose? Are you still there? No. Oh. I'm in. The, I'm in the Transformers Wiki, um, which is tfwiki.net under movie timeline, and it 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 starts at pre-17 BC, 17K BC, and it hits all the different time periods that are referenced in the movies. So yeah, like I said, this movie is supposed to be taking place in 2018. So it's been 
in universe five years since the Chicago incident, the, the initial one. Yeah, these goddamn Transformers are just bankrupt in the city. They probably spent all that they had to rebuild it. And now they're just like, oh shit, now it's going to be a massive depression. Let's see. And I guess, <laughs> that's weird. The events of the next movie take place in 2023. That's weird. <laughs> I wonder what that future is going to look like. This is what 2018 looks like? It looks the exact same. <laughs> it's so it's so weird it's so weird yeah and i am excited to get to the last night because i i feel like that's i feel like this is kind of a bridge movie to that one and maybe they were certainly building towards that more than what they're doing with this one and per my uh per my my journal i did say that i thought that that was the best one um up to that point again so We'll see if that holds true when it's a rewatch. I know that that one's the most hated out of all of them. I got, oh, I, I, I mean, I kind of zonked out in this movie in the theater, mm-hmm. meaning my brain turned off and like I, I just wasn't falling. And, and the same thing very much happened when I watched the fifth one, where there was like so many things happening. Yeah, I said fuck this, and I just started like like humming a lullaby inside my head because there was so much shit happening. Yeah, it's 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 like a mind-numbing Michael Bay style. I just don't understand how he doesn't see it. That it it just makes people disengage. Well, I don't know if he doesn't see it, but I think what he does, I believe, just like other artists do in other mediums, like especially musicians and even other movie directors, you know if you're an established person in your field of art. And I I, I used to do this with producing podcasts. All I think about, like when I produce podcasts, is I want to make it, I want to edit it and put it in a way that I find appealing, um, and then I'm just going to assume that somebody else out there, like, finds the same thing appealing as me. Um, and I think that's what most artists, especially those who have made it, um, they make their art as ple- pleasing to their own whatever whims and desires. Um, and then they just put... So I think he... In other words, Michael Bay is making the exact movie he'd want to watch. And then just trusting that that's going to work because it's worked for him, obviously, over and over again. Yeah. That formula. Wow, it looks like they're on the volume before the volume existed. And here we get the uh, Iron Man 2 plot. Oh my god. Just seeing those big um, yellow armature type like production line robots. You know, I worked at Amazon for a few months once upon a time. And at the particular fulfillment center, as they call it, that I worked at, um, they had spent like tons of money on this massive hydraulic robotic arm. Um, Like really, really big. Uh, like fully extended, it was like twenty to thirty feet, and it was huge. Um, and it was this—it was like out of a sci-fi movie. And the whole purpose of it was to take a pallet from the ground level and put it on a second level. So rather than have a traditional elevator like you would use for that, it was this crazy futuristic hydraulic arm. 
And it usually didn't work because it was like always under maintenance. <laughs> and then a few times it would be operational. And so they'd have this big old robotic arm just taking individual pallets from, you know, like I said. But then every once in a while, it would just fucking go crazy. And it would just be like, like picking up pallets and mashing them against the wall or like <laughs> flipping them. And it was just like, holy shit. Like it was like, it was just crazy. And it was just like, man, technology can just go sideways like so quick, man. Because it just starts destroying pallets because it doesn't know. It just thinks it's doing what it's supposed to do. Oh my God, that was weird. Yes. That eye popping <laughs> moment. But it was just crazy when it would freak out that it would just be like destroying like pallets. Um, and, and yeah, you could like there had to be like a 50 foot perimeter anytime it was operational because you never know. That thing could just like randomly kill somebody. <laughs> Sounds terrible. I'm not kidding. It sounds really dangerous. <laughs> and I'm like, why would you spend so much money on this? crazy thing that like it it's one of those inventions that seem like it's it's way over designed for its purpose you know mm, what i mean yeah so i made a lot of money off of over designing it and then dummies bought it and speaking of that they did something later in this movie they had a very over designed camera jib like device i'll bring it up uh, obviously you don't see the camera jib in the movie but i'll bring it up when it's used later in the movie because it was it was a newfangled like one of a kind type of invention that Michael Bay obviously found a way to use. What's kind of interesting with this film is I feel like uh, with the first Transformers, the second Transformers, and especially the third one, we kept marveling at the kind of improvements of the CGI. And by the third one, it was like perfect. Oh yes. This one, I don't know. I I feel like there's a lot more shoddy work. Every time we see uh, Galvatron's face. Okay. I'm just like, ah, something about that just it does not feel polished. I will say, I mean, I'm just assuming, and I, I kind of said this before, I think. Whenever something looks shoddy in this movie, I, I just, in any modern movie, I just assume that was just parsed out to another studio who just wasn't up to par or who was under the gun for time or money. Yeah. And so that's why it stands out as a, as a, as a below par shot. That being said... When I was watching the special features of this movie, there were some clips where they would, you know, be showing like like a clip show reel, and they would show transformer shots from this movie, and then they would just flash back to some from the first. Holy shit, you could see the difference. Like when you watch them side by side, you could really see the advancement um, from the robots from the first movie to this movie. The realism, etc. And that brings me up to another point that I've always said about all these Transformer movies and why, even though some of these are duds, quote unquote, in this film franchise, I still always appreciate all of them, all the live action movies to some degree. I used to say this on Sci Fi Pipeline all the time because one thing. Say whatever you will about Michael Bay's Transformer movies, but the one thing that he always delivers for me is it was always a guarantee if it was a Transformer movie under Michael Bay that you were going to see some of the best effects of that current time. Like, even though there might be some, some questionable shots, overall, you're seeing the best money could 
by at that time. And I always appreciate these movies for that, even if I thought the story was terrible or the characters were terrible. I like there, a certain part of me just likes to go to the movies and see like the best. Because as broad appeal as the Fast Furious movies, for instance, have, that I get it, people love them the world over in general. And I get it. I, I understand the audience for that. But you don't see those movies and see the top of the line of effects for whatever year those movies come out in so you you don't get that at all oh man that was that was oh, i don't know about that gun and i don't know about this nanotechnology stuff like a la iron man I, I i never fully bought it with iron man either by the way no i i agree <laughs> it's it's just it's going way too far <laughs> into, into what i expected like in the future we're gonna say something isaac well one Hi, Rainbow Dash. Um, became a gun. Can't believe I remember seeing the somebody telling the actor uh, that that exact scene, even though she never saw the film, which is kind of funny. Um, so they want they have the seed, right? There's this, there's the seed that they have, and that, that's a bomb in the car. It's basically the bomb that detonated with the dinosaurs, and you know, um, vaporizes them all uh, into molten metal, right? So basically Megatron wants to, sorry, Galvatron, pardon me. Galvatron wants to seed to yeah. detonate in the largest city, which is Beijing, China, or they also said Hong Kong, either one. And they're going to detonate it and create a new army of transformers. Yep. Recycle. Isn't that the same plot as the first film where he's going to use the AllSpark to either a, con- like create uh, unlimited power and or have unlimited power and also create other Transformers, and then I guess that means a Star Harvester from 2 was also the same thing. And 3. Other than, like, making Transformers, just, like, you know, harboring. I don't have all this stuff clear in my head, uh, but I think, though, even though that it rings similar, I think what's supposed to distinguish this situation is it's supposed to be more like the extinction event that we saw at the opening of the movie in this particular movie. So same type of plan and outcome, but I think it's supposed to be a different method. Yes. Well, that's with within the movie universe. I'm saying, yeah, it's a slim differential. What makes it infuriating is because it feels like you said, like a DLC, except this is here in Hong Kong <laughs> where it's like, Oh yeah, we, we had this interesting story with Optimus prime and this, whatever this lockdown guy represents. And then in the middle of it, just as a detour, let's throw in Megatron as, as Galvatron. And he'll just repeat a plot that we've seen before for little effect. I mean, who, who, who could possibly give a fuck about Megatron at this point? The guy is just a pathetic loser, loses every time it keeps coming back. It's just, it's fucking insane. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> It just it drives oh, me insane uh, that that they brought him back again. Uh. So, fun facts I learned about some of this shooting in Hong Kong. Um, so yeah, a lot of this was shot in Hong Kong, and apparently there was like three choices because um, Michael Bay's marching order in pre-production was: I want some type of urban city that has like. Um, vegetation like hillside 
and <laughs> they came up with like three places. Hong Kong was one of them. Um, crap, what were the other two? Um, they were in different continents, though. I can't, oh, I can't remember. But anyway, so those are the three choices. They went with Hong Kong, obviously. Anyway, so according to Bay, um, some interesting rules in Hong Kong, at least at the time, for shooting movies. Um, so he said in Hong Kong, there is no such thing as like shutting down roads or shutting down sidewalks, like for shooting a movie. The fuck? Like you're not allowed, like everything has, like daily life has to continue, mm. like in the city or locale while you're shooting. So we already saw some of the, like the street racing scenes in Hong Kong, and obviously we're going to see more. Um, so according to him, if you know anything about French Connection, the movie, oh. apparently when they're shooting like these sh- street racing scenes or whatever you want to call them, daily life is happening all around like daily traffic and commuters and people walking the sidewalk. Um, and the way they were able to do it without actually killing people and stuff and, you know, wrecking other cars who had no idea what was going on. They actually had to hire a cadre of, of um, uh, extras to mingle amongst the real people. And then when, you know, they're expecting the cars to be coming around the corner, the extras would then, like, in real time, heard, like, the actual public, like, get out of the road, get out of the road, as the cars were, like, whisking around the corners. Like, that's apparently how it was shot, and that kind of blows my mind. That is crazy. But I do want to point out that that milk thing felt like another ad. He was, like, panicking, oh, yeah. grabs a juice box, drinks it right in front of the camera where you can see everything. And he looks all pleased, like, oh, I feel so refreshed now that I'm drinking this. Show you whatever that milk is. I was like, wow, another blatant ad. But no, that that is insane. I did not know that, that they, wow. Yeah, so a lot of the people in the movie are just everyday people doing their own business, like, while they're shooting the movie. That makes it more interesting. Absolutely. Did y'all notice the rooftop um, 20 seconds ago of the apartment building that looked like a W shape? No. Um, if, if we went back, it's very clear. So that's a very specific apartment building in Hong Kong. And it's been featured in many movies. Um, and, and Michael Bay totally chose that particular, because it's going to feature more coming up in the movie. Michael Bay specifically chose it because he'd seen it before. Um, and so he definitely wanted to stage an upcoming sequence in that, in that. And I, I feel like I've seen it too in other movies, like in, in, in Asian movies, um, I feel like I, I feel like it, there's something like it in uh, Shaolin Soccer. That's a cool shot. And, and some other this this place right here, this place right here. Yeah, this is the one that I was talking about. And so yeah, kind of iconic location. Looks like well, Isaac. Do you do you like this setting? Oh, sorry. Well, looks, yeah, sorry. It actually looks like a shot from Ghost in the Shell '95. It does. Absolutely. But it'll be pretty funny because I guess you could say it's like, you know, for for Americans, oh, it's not America, so maybe it's a foreign location or it's exotic, even though this film is anti-foreign people um, with the CIA (laughs) and all that stuff. But I will say for us inside baseball, we're going to have a better, maybe not look, but it'll be more interesting when we revisit Hong Kong in Godzilla versus King Kong. I was thinking about that too, 100%. 
Absolutely. But this has to be like a total, I don't know Hong Kong geography that way. This has to be like a whole different section than like that business district that we see. Uh, probably. I only know my, my Hong Kong geography from sleeping dogs, which, you know, <laughs> isn't, you know, accurate of course to scale, but yeah, but it was you, know, fun. Man, you know, it's interesting. This play- Go ahead. Considering all the like stupid stereotypes and terrible uses of humor that we saw in those previous ones, like remember that one guy who was like, it was actually a deep Roy. What was what was he saying? <laughs> like some sort of comments, like "Oh, New York, New York," some stupid like that, or the weird butcher who had like the teeth thing. And I just remember those those the horrible twins. They were the most offensive of all. Yeah, I'm surprised that we didn't get any like used for humor Asian folks in here. Yeah, I think it's because as we discussed, this is definitely very much targeted for the international audience. And I feel like you really don't want to fuck with China when in these days they would allow 10 or less international movies to play in their theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you don't want to fuck. <laughs> you don't want to fuck with them if you're trying to get your movie played over there in this era of movies. But just in general, I feel like the the level of humor has taken a massive drop ever since T.J. Miller died. Hundred percent, and that's a big pro. <laughs> Except for this, this is this is like the one example. Hundred percent. Although I wish he was still in the movie. I wish he was. I'm gonna make oh. um a a reverse machete edition where I insert T.J. Miller oh, in, rather than take out Jar Jar. I'm gonna insert T.J. into scenes. We'll see him step on some crap. Uh, some sort of animal fart in his face, and just like they they reshot that character in that Army of Dead movie, um, Zack yeah. Snyder movie. I'm, I'm gonna, and I can't remember who the inserted actor was. Uh, Tignataro. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I'll let Tignataro. That I'm gonna T.J. Miller him into the latter half of this movie. I can't remember who they cut out of that movie. Yeah, who was the one they cut out? Maybe it was. I feel like it was that guy, the cannibal guy, but I'm not sure if it was that no, one. No, yeah, Army Hammer wouldn't have been in that. There's somebody who was canceled, I know that. Okay, but... who was cut? No, I don't think Army Hammer's canceled. Thankfully. <laughs> oh, he no, is. You don't think he's canceled? Yeah, you he might have missed it. He had a really big. I missed it. Yeah, he had, he had some projects that were already filmed that came yes. out post canceling, uh, but never mind. Okay. he hasn't he hasn't got anything new. Never mind. I retract my statement. I didn't know this. My bad. It was some pretty grody stuff. Yeah, that came out. <laughs> oh no. Okay. I retract my statement. I was ignorant. I have no idea about this. I didn't educate myself. I'm an educated. Uh, <laughs> it's fair. This stuff happens so quickly. Oh, it was Chris, Chris D'Elia. He was the one who was canceled. Oh, another comedian I can't stand. Oh, He's not as obnoxious as... I, I don't I don't know his stand-up stuff, but in the things I'd seen him in, I liked him. Uh, oh. and, and even though he got canceled, he is starting to get back up. Kind of like the way... I mean, he's not as big as... Um, what's his name? CK. Um, see it could have been so easy to make just have that lady be some stupid like screaming yelling at them get out of my home speaking a different language and just making a joke out of herself man it's like michael bay's instincts are just not not as present here thank goodness (laughs) is there a chinese kid who plays american football like i just saw that photo on the oh i'm sure i'm sure i i i just never see american football played outside of outside of this continent or North American continent, I should say. Um, Damn. Yeah, anytime I see these kinds of apartments <laughs> in movies or documentaries, uh, I don't know what happened <laughs> with this, the scar, the Disney death. Yeah, or the uh, Die Hard. 
Um, yeah, Die Hard. Oh, there's another comical one from back in the day. RoboCop. RoboCop's got a really funny one. Um, but anyway, anytime I see these little apartments in movies or documentaries, like, God, it still just blows oh, me away. I cannot imagine. Isaac, did you lose Eric too? Did he just drop out on you? Uh, he's stuttering. He's stuttering. Wave Lake's still there. He's His internet's probably conked out, but like, I think he'll return. Oh, but you hear uh, him? He's... No, I can't hear him. But like, oh, his wavelength is still there, but it's faded, meaning that his internet's conky right now. Conky. So I don't think he can hear us. But like, I'm I come up with new words every day. All right. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking of uh, that made me think of Trailer Park Boys. If you know Conky in that show. Oh, th- there you go. Um, yeah, conky is like this little uh, little doll. It's like an evil doll. I see. But what do you think of Hound as we're waiting for Eric? Uh, I'll get to that in a second. I'm going to feel bad because he's on a tangent. He probably doesn't hear us, but like right now, but I feel one to answer your question with stereotypes. There is technically the obvious stereotype that we had where that random uh, guy in the elevator while uh, uh, Stanley Tucci was waiting in there and he was like just monologuing after he found out that the seed is like a like two kiloton explosion or something like that or sorry two billion kiloton explosion or something like that wait that's same thing uh uh so i I don't i don't know but like he's technically that guy in the elevator with him is a stereotype of like all asians no martial arts when he just like that's fair uh fights those guys so that that technically is a stereotype obviously it's yeah no it's just it's just there so that's that's one stereotype yeah, I more meant played up for like like stupid comedy, but but you are right. Yeah, that that absolutely is that. And then of course uh, Lee Bing Bing comes out and she's like, "Oh, I took some training in uh, police uh, school." Uh, that's uh, okay. That's borderline. I'm, I don't know. I I can't make that call judgment call, but I will say like, okay, like she she explains like where it came from. So I'm like, okay, fair. Like you can question where the police training came from. Hey. Still better than the predator. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Still, still better than pre- she at least dropped the line where it's just like, yeah, I I was in police academy. It's like, okay, you yeah. know what? Way better than Mun's like character explanation. That's that's all I'm saying. Definitely works better than the predator, no doubt. And full disclosure, although much of this was shot in Hong Kong, some was shot in Detroit for Hong Kong. <laughs> Detroit playing as Hong Kong. Interesting. I mean, maybe the Chinatown district of Detroit. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say Vancouver. I was like, oh, fuck, here we go again. Oh, I just remember Rio de Janeiro was another candidate for urban uh, city next to... Uh, that would have worked, actually. I just, now i got to think of the third one. Third major city that has that type of uh, aesthetic. For some reason, uh, seeing the Transformers in this kind of setting, I think actually works well. Yes. So, yeah, I, I appreciate a lot of the changes in this one. It... it stands out and feels quite different than those last couple even though it's still very flawed <laughs> yes and these guys this this is even though i'm not a fan of the transformers animated stuff i've never really seen much of it but even to me it feels like oh it just you just threw away an opportunity for something interesting with these guys they're just we're the barbarian transformers we can't speak um, we're just animalistic beasts that is so lame uh, it's like okay I, I can understand if they were some type of newly created character to make them some type of barbarian automatons, but not to take a known like entity and, and retcon it that way. That's not cool. 
and, and Optimus Prime is talking to them like, are they intelligent enough that they understand what he's saying? Or are they just like horses that he needs to, what do they call them when they uh, break? Yeah, break. Which, by the way, what a kind of a grody term in that regard. <laughs> yeah, like submit. Still not better, but like, I don't know. I'm not... Break the spirit. Crush the individuality out of them. I'm not in the equestrian community. No, no, no. Yes. And I know plenty of people who are, and they, they talk about other horses. But... Everyone thinks it's so barbaric, the old cowboying. But, it's just um, the term. It's the term that I think. Oh, I understand. I understand. I understand. But I mean, there's a lot of crazy terms like that. Like, you know, a let's mate this cable or connect the slave cable to the master port. Or when they say uh, for when they neuter an animal. Oh, you got to get him fixed. I think that's one of the grotiest ones. It's like, get him fixed. Like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> no, but... So you put you put your sword away and then you take it back out why it was just for show the the animals need to be encouraged that this is a, a strong one this is the stupidest thing <laughs> i have ever seen but not really the, the sword thing no, no no just transformers riding dinosaurs oh no it a, does look silly it's not that bad it's not the stupidest thing in this franchise but it does look silly no but i i'm not a fan i'm okay with it if you like it, it's your it, you, you you absolutely should uh, like it and make it your own. The stupidest thing in this franchise is when the guy walks out and he's in the museum, walks out with his pants down. He's like, "Oh, there was no toilet paper in the bathroom. I need some toilet paper." Oh, <laughs> that's just that's just some stunning stuff. Couldn't believe that was in a major release film. <laughs> that wasn't a dumb comedy. Man, I've seen the Armani jeans ad twice. They must have paid extra. Oh, yeah, big time. They supplied Michael Bay with his jeans. They're like, let's, you know, we'll give you extra if you... Oh, look at this. Oh, boy. Hey, wait, I think I see King Kong coming over the mountain now. (laughs) This is is cool, though. I saw Godzilla's head, you know, like when he does, like, the famous picture of his head just looking over it. Oh, yeah. No, exactly. (laughs) He was there. I can't remember what I read as a potential minor spoiler for the the next Godzilla movie that I didn't like, but I can't remember what it was now. Um, whatever it was, it seemed like it seemed like a retread of something of of the most recent movie, but I don't know. Who knows? Oh, they're bringing in uh, Manila. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know about that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, if it was done right, I guess I could be on board. I just don't know how you do it right. This this bit's weird with the grenade. I don't know about this. This is kind of crazy. Yeah, this just seems stupid. I don't understand why Hound needed to pull the pin for him. I don't know either. <laughs> it's all this action stuff is when I just started to be like, okay, I enjoyed what I could enjoy in this movie. Now it's just keeps going. Yeah, no, I mean it's okay, but certainly for me, yes, my brain turned off because um, I was getting exhausted and I was so disappointed I, as i previously stated it took so long to get to the thing that was so advertised the dinobots and then to see them reduced to um beasts of burden ugh, mm. that's a turn off i don't care about the riding i don't care about all that weird shit just the fact that they've just been dehumanized or like just ugh. yeah and it's like these these movies they just turn into nonsense it's like what what am I even watching here? I uh, just I don't know. And I accept these will never be for me. That's that's just the way 
these movies are made. It's it is what it is. But well, like I said, people come for this stuff, and you know, I guess they, it, it, yes, they do. I guess I guess they do. But like I said, it would just have to be done differently just to make it more appealing to me personally. But I don't expect these movies to you know just be made for me. Obviously, the sad thing is though, I was enjoying it up to this point more than most of them the third one came the closest to my level of enjoyment up to the climax but for both of them it's just, i just oh fuck there's the cigar turned into a gun <laughs> i didn't catch that before yeah <laughs> tank's empty bro it's time for me to take a nap time for me to hit up the bowling alley i gotta go tuck roseanne in <laughs> oh another budweiser ad yeah, gotta got get in our sponsor. Another Armani jeans ad. Man, Armani jeans really put out, especially to get like, oh hell yeah, like screen time during the climax. And is this movie the target audience for the Armani jeans crowd? Vogue. <laughs> <laughs> Giant folk thing. By the way, another thing that really bothers me about this climax is it's not even the real climax of the movie. We have these stupid drones like they're they're completely like they're not characters they're just these empty drones for megatron and it's like this megatron thing came out of nowhere it's like who who could care about this part of the plot it's literally just just screen filling until the real plot can kick back in does megatron ever speak in this movie because i don't remember him speaking yeah he does he's voiced by frank walker the original voice for galvatron or for megatron sorry and then galvatron in the tv series oh is he voiced by him yep i know galvatron speaks oh yeah megatron does speak yeah i didn't know he got to eventually i know he voiced other transformers in previous movies yeah he did but i didn't know he ever got to voice actual megatron well i don't know i, I assume it was megatron because i mean why would Agent Smith come back to this series? Yes, 100%. Why would he come back? There's it's just a terrible character at this point. He was getting ready to do uh, Mortal Engines instead. Victoria's Secret. <laughs> oh my god, that's a bad movie. But it's a bad movie that had potential. What are you talking about? But it was a bad movie. So do these, these Dinobots, they eat the other Transformers? Or they just crunch them? I don't think they eat them. Well, they're like... You know, because they they look like he was feeding that head to it. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're, you know, like more bestial, more animalistic. So, of course, they're going to and they have like digestive tracts. So, of course, they're going to eat like other Transformers. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, it's just weird. It's like how it's like how humans can't eat other humans. But, like <laughs> animals can eat humans uh, other than us being very gamey or whatever it is. So I don't know. Are we gaming? I don't remember. I I knew this like years ago. Or do you need to have like the human equivalent of veal? <laughs> oh. And again, if if you can cut out this whole Megatron part of the movie, it's much stronger. Uh, I guess also like Lucky Charms is also maybe a little insensitive to Irish people. Yeah, I thought the Lucky Charms thing was. Yeah. Uh, they they try to give them cute banter, but. I don't know. It it's not quite as cute as it it could be. Yeah. But I don't think Irish are like a protected group, like on the endangered species list. So I think I think they're fair game. No, but they were at one point. Go watch Leprechaun. The Leprechaun films. They portray them as 
drunkards and oh yeah. i thought leprechaun was like a irish folk hero now the War- warwick davis uh horror film series right 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 that's what, that's what i'm referring to oh no yeah they're horror flicks yeah he's a slasher i know they're horror flicks but i thought he was still an iconic uh irish character oh no i mean the other irish characters they show up and oh yeah they're just drunkards now this looks like a, like a kit bash you know what i'm talking about with like the old um plastic models um that we used to people my age used to make when we were kids but it looks like if you just got you know you know how you break the pieces off the the plastic um it looks like they just took the kit bash and like place it up and made it a set piece by the way eric did you look this guy up is this somebody is this like a singer or like what the hell was that Hmm. i have not looked it up i have no idea well certainly feels like a cameo by someone that i don't know well yeah i thought it was just like represented some chinese guy who was into american culture but maybe you're right and this is when the real climax kicks in we just had a giant stupid diversion with the ripping off iron man 2 and now we get get back to the real film which i'm much more interested in tractor beams oh no what what bothered me about watching this scene earlier today the tractor beams or whatever this was like stealing from unicron like this is this is more stolen valor from from G one. I felt like because it occurred to me that this is just it reminds me of the opening of the animated movie because because well because that's what um that's what Unicron in the movie was doing to other Cybertronian like planets would just like vacuum them up and and it would like suck in all the I don't know if they're considered Autobots or not those other life forms in the movie but this is totally stealing that aesthetic and just um plopping it into this movie you know i didn't think of that until now but at the same time i can't really see that because again unicron is the equivalent of galactus the planet eater because yes was again as as primus was created to create life uh bring life uh, Unicron is his opposite to destroy life, to consume it. He's the great consumer. Um, I also do like the fact that there are, I prefer when there's, this is, sorry, this is a little off topic and tangent. I, I do actually like it when there's just Transformers in general, and then there's the Autobots and Decepticons as like two sides of just like, I don't know, like, like two groups and that's it. But there, that doesn't mean all Transformers are lopped into, you know, one side because it's like either side. It's just like it doesn't seem realistic enough. I mean, it re- like obviously in the cartoons that made more sense, but as we've moved on with this franchise, I do like the idea that it's you know there's a lot more like normal citizens who aren't a part of the cause. I I, I don't mind that. Yeah, and it's it's. Is that a common part of the mythology? I was I was very curious about that. Here's the jib in action, or the specialized camera arm. Oh, is there speeding around, backing up? The, the the interior scenes inside. All these interior scenes were on this really overly engineered, like one of a kind, like Swiss looking. Like um, you have to see it. I I can't even describe it. It it's and you'd never tell. It's it's a it's it's like seven feet tall. It, it has like seven points of articulation. It's really weird. Actually, it kind of looks like the Quintesson ships in the the camera jib thing. It looks like the Quintes, Quintesson ships 
in the animated movie, but that's just a weird coincidence. Oh, but Isaac, back to what what you were saying there about. Uh... Oh, uh, oh, I'm pretty sure. As I think it's pro- probably IDW does this the best with their with their comic line, their their longest co- their their long running comic uh, of trans on Transformers. I think that's where most of that comes into. Maybe some other comics beforehand go into that, but as far as I'm aware, like most of the cartoons, uh, at least when we're not dealing with Cybertron, most of it was actually no, technically. No, what am I saying? Cybertron kind of was the one that, not War for Cybertron, but like Transformers Cybertron kind of got into that notion of, I guess, Alpha Q as well and Energon. So never mind. There are other um, aspects out there where they're not just like Autobots or Decepticons, but I didn't think of that until now because it's only when the Autobots and Decepticons go around onto the other planets in Cybertron. When they do, I know it's funny. It's, it's The series is called Cybertron. They're trying to prevent Cybertron from going into the black hole. Um, caused by the destruction of Unicron. Um, so, but when they go to these other planets, they're all like just unaffiliated. And then it's just like, all right, join our side. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, I haven't seen any of that stuff, obviously, but it seems to me that that's how it exists. Um, even in G1, there's these unaffiliated sentient robot species. See, I like that. That, that interests me. The, from what from what I've seen from these films, I'm I'm done with the Autobots versus Decepticons. It's been so played out, especially because stupid Megatron is always the representative of the Decepticons. So having this whole other section of their universe open up, that that feels more exciting and, and new. Don't get me started. I always kept thinking the next live action movie was going to introduce that aspect. Wait, wait, wait! I just got it. No, nope. better. But I just I thought of it. Sorry, I'm I'm sorry, Eric. Uh, Devastator. Oh, oh, in in the live action movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Devastator part. Not the real Devastator. Yeah, I, I know, but like Devastator 2.0. Wait, I'm lost. Is, so remember in the end of Revenge of the Fallen, uh, where all of a sudden, or uh, Devastator is created by the Constructicons to unearth the Star Harvester from the pyramid. Yeah, uh, and he starts sucking up sand by the two racist transformers, um, and he has he sucks it up uh, if you remember with his mouth. He was the one with the giant balls underneath him, right? Pretty much. Yes, yes, yes. Fuck. Yes. And and that right there was the first like IMAX scene, and I think the first that we ever got on Blu-ray for anything. Are you saying that he wasn't a Decepticon? No, he was. Oh no, no, no. no. He was talking because I was talking about earlier how the vacuum suction was. Very reminiscent of uh, Unicron oh. in the animated movie, and then he remembered oh, okay. um, Devastator, who again it has the name and it is construction vehicles, but in no way resembles the original Devastator. All I remember were the stupid balls, and that's another candidate for for Isaac saying that the them riding the Dinobots one of the stupidest things he's seen. <laughs> the giant balls on that Transformers just—it's like why would that ever be there? Just, oh fuck! <laughs> the joke. Oh, and by the way, you, <laughs> this the stupid joke. Two more. Uh, going back, you were correct, Caleb. Um, the guy with the guitar is somebody, um, at least in Asia or in China. Uh, he is um, Han Gang, uh, former boy bander and actor. No, oh. according to this article, they say he's like the Hong Kong equivalent of like. Justin Timberlake. Well, that's fun for for Hong Kong viewers and Chinese viewers. 
Well, good for you. Because I just thought, oh, it's just a random Chinese guy who's into the American aesthetic. That's what I thought. Like he's an Elvis fan or something. Oh, and going back earlier during that sequence with the, the Land Cruiser, it's one of my big pet peeve tropes or whatever. I basically hate in any movie when there's an extended scene of reverse driving. I I, I, I just I just hate it like in virtually any movie. Any extended yeah. reverse driving chase scene, it's the most redonkulous shit ever. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Whoa, Mark Wahlberg looked like he was really freaked out there by the squibs or whatever. <laughs> oh, it's Kelsey Grammer. He's seen him when he hasn't had his lunch and he's just in a rage and he's like, Oh fuck, Frazier, he's going crazy. We've all been there. Yeah. Talk about see his casting in this movie reminds me of when they had that stunt casting in, in Asian made movies when they hire a a, a well known um, Western actor. Like that wall movie with Matt Damon and, and there's other examples. Damn. But even though this is a quote unquote American that is a vicious yeah, this, blast thing. And I don't know if you guys remember in the last movie I mentioned how Optimus Prime goes through it character change. Yes, and this he was, just becomes brutal. <laughs> this was the savage moment I was speaking of. Like this almost felt like like seeing Batman savagely murder someone like on screen. Yeah, he does not give a fuck anymore. <laughs> And that, that guy, I mean, he was, you know, he's just like, I don't care if they're good or bad. All the aliens need to, to go or die. Did that human just explode? Well, what human, though? Like, was there a human? Oh, I thought there was a human that got shot, and I just saw, like, a big red mist. It looked like it, but it either was Kelsey Grammer's character, like, corpse, or somebody else. <laughs> yes, his corpse blew up and blew up. I don't think it was the I don't think it was the corpse. I hope it was. I wasn't, but, like, it looked like it was. <laughs> I'd have to... I thought the character was standing, but I could be wrong. I have to go back someday. I wish we'd just see the corpse in the background getting destroyed by all this. There you go. There, there was a random grainy scene for effect, I guess. Like a finger lands on Mark Wahlberg's shoulder and just stuck on there. Yep. And then some Transformers try to like take his biological finger and recreate Kelsey Grammer. But no matter how hard they try, he 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 comes back as John Voight. <laughs> this is a reverse on the Megatron uh, conceit in this movie. There's been a couple shots during this whole fight sequence that looked like it wasn't, uh, looked like it was a higher frame rate or maybe just shot faster or something. Or not, not shot faster, but sped up. Yeah, it's interesting that Michael Bay was playing around with that stuff. This would have been post The Hobbit, so. Yeah, but it wasn't the traditional high frame rate. I mean, Kind of, but he was basically it's 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 almost more similar to when they shot model scenes with water, like in the seventies and sixties and eighties, like miniature shooting with water, because they would use the same technique, which is shoot high frame rate film and then slow it down, and it makes the water look more realistic. Um, yeah, it's it's more akin to that. It's. It's it is high, but we're because t- high frame rate is forty eight. We're talking though, like in the hundreds and perhaps a thousand frames per second, and then manipulating it um, in post, slowing it down um, to 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 cause yeah like these more realistic effects. This is kind of nuts. So way the way they take down obviously not the same way, but the way they took down lockdown is kind of similar to how. Uh, Bumblebee handled Starscream in the last film. I don't know why, especially with like 
Sam and um, uh, Carly when they were like tr- just the human interaction. Oh, so it was wow. like a combination between like this again. And they also brought back the towing, uh, the tow truck idea from one, except this time they used it as a weapon. Uh, the towing cable as a weapon, excuse me. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that out or point that out. Oh, I, I forget who her husband is um, in real life now. Because uh, he's, he, oh, her husband in real life, um, Tessa, her husband in real life is is the son of um, of Beckham and Victoria Spice. Oh my God, this moment. Oh my God. We shall meet again, Prime, for I am reborn. Who's he talking to? Just get me. Oh, God. <laughs> it's for us. It's for the audience. <laughs> it's like it's not even a scene from the movie, that 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 piece there. Wait, so all of a sudden, Optimus Prime can fly? Oh, man. I don't like that, which is coming up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, regular flying is one thing, but it's not regular flying. Like, he can fly. Like, I don't like I don't mind that if he when he has attachments he can fly. But like I always hated in in G one, for whatever reason, Decepticons could always fly. Yep. And no Autobots could unless they were like an airplane type character. Um that are former Decepticons like Jetfire. Yeah, like what the fuck? Like, why is that? <laughs> oh yeah, same year as TMNT. I forgot about that. Well, this movie is the same as the first TMNT. The no, no, same year. Yeah. Oh no, is that twenty sixteen? No, that was out of the shadows. Yeah, this is the same years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it was the Michael Bay. All right. By characters we only use for one movie. No, no, no. Or props. Props. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Props. That's all I know for now. Okay. This this bit's weird. It's like Ling, Lee Bingbing was like, I'm not going to kiss Stanley Tucci. He's too old for me. We'll just end our romance with a, a look. <laughs> hey, at least it was a look. I'll, I'll say that. They're just standing there together. <laughs> and I appreciate them trying. They, they tried to give the characters something. I forgot to bring up when Sophia Miles was just crudely dispatched from the movie. Yeah. Because it, it bothers me that she's not here for this moment. And T.J. Miller, at least a cardboard stand-in. Oh, fuck that. You should have brought his corpse. <laughs> <laughs> no! We'd have been like, there's that annoying little fucker in the corner. It, that, like, statuesque, those statuesque remains should be immortalized and made into, like, um, a uh, memorial, like, in the Transformer universe. What I really wish is if they just had Kelsey Grammer's body being, like, loaded onto, like, a cart, put in a van. <laughs> is this the end of Iron Giant? I was thinking, uh, which one was it when, was it Starscream that flipped into the sky near the end? Yeah, that was the first one. That was the first one. First one. Yeah, it's making me think of that moment. Great. Now, now I gotta look up if this has a, has the meme where it's like, Age of Extinction, if it was released in 2007, when you start hearing... That's a great shot. Uh, what I've done by, uh, what I've done by, uh, uh, um, what were they called again? Yeah, Lincoln Park. Uh, Link, thank you, Lincoln Park. Oh. Yeah, this is Imagine Dragons, right? Yes, I didn't it even to listen to this song, I... Oh, I always had a thing for those Linkin Park Transformers songs. <laughs> Tear. They're much better than than what this is. This is not compelling. This song. Aaron Kruger. There you go. Aaron. Hey, congratulations, buddy, on uh, Top Gun Maverick. By the way, that was a uh, that was a good <laughs> script that you had there. Quality work with with two other people, of course. Well, to be fair, he probably wrote it like back in twenty thirteen or twenty four because that movie was in production forever. 
I guess so. And he did fine with this. You could tell they were trying a lot harder, but I mean, what can you do with a movie that the plot stops for Steve Javolsky still was in this? Interesting. Yes, and I was I was wondering if his name is just there because, you know, because they do that with sometimes with movies that even if the, the composer didn't work on this particular movie, they still put their name because they allude to their score. Mm-hmm. Because if, it, if he really did work on this movie, his score is so subdued in this. And it was one of my favorite things about the previous movies that it seems like a crime to like, you, you almost don't recognize his scoring in this movie, which bothered me. Oh, by the way, I love this score. <laughs> I think this is my favorite of the of the wow. Transformers score. So the first far. one is so good. Uh, oh, and this so actually, uh, the score revi- reminds me very much of the score for Need for Speed, which came out the same year. Oh my god, I've never seen that movie. Very similar music. Well, I forgot about that. <laughs> good movie, really good movie. And I like the scores for both of them. I like Jablonski. He did um, uh, Ender's Game, which sounds very transformers esque oh yeah year before this but that's that's an amazing one for another movie that got shafted in my mind i just put all the like you know top billing live action actors first don't even have any appreciation for any of the voice actors yeah 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 whatever that is weird wait it's weird i'm a broken valve for that broken clock for that but is it because they're 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 in order of appearance no because there's a separate one are they no, no, no. Yes, because oh, yeah, separate. Yeah, there we go for voices. That's weird. Because it, it well, it's, well, the Arctic people were second for whatever reason. Reno Wilson. Yeah. It's at least nice to see Peter Cullen and then Frank Welker on there. Even though Peter Cullen's playing like a sociopath or psychopath in in this case, and it's Frank Welker that's not. And what's his name? Um, the famous uh, uh, Dimaggio or whatever his name is. Yeah. Oh boy. That what? Guy. I mean, I like that guy, but I didn't like him in this. <laughs> oh, okay. Well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not good in this, but he, yeah. he's obviously a legend. But for you, Isaac, I was curious, how how would you react to the this changing of Optimus Prime? Like, he, he's, he's been through the... He's been through some shit, and he's come out the other side a different dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was the episode where when he when they brought him back to life, he was evil, but like, in, in G1... But that like, was different. I mean, that was... That was... <laughs> He was practically possessed. <laughs> Different set of circumstances, of course. I, I get that, but um, yeah, whoever, whether it's Aaron Kruger trying to deconstruct Optimus Prime, um, I guess you succeeded. <laughs> or, or if you're if you're trying to do the ultimate Marvel thing of like, look how, um, look how evil Reed Richards and Professor X actually are. If you bring their uh, 60s counterparts to present day look how like incorrect and politically incorrect they are congratulations you you succeeded <laughs> yeah i'll say for me again not really knowing this character i think it's more interesting that he's taken this dark or darker t- turn we'll see it expanded on even more so in the next film and yeah i don't know it's it's it does seem like it would be a betrayal of the character from what i the vague things I know about him. It's like turning Captain America into Wolverine. Or you mean like the time that Captain America was a Nazi? Or sorry, secretly a Hydra agent? Excuse me. Yeah, and I am excited to discuss last night because when I watched it the first time, I was at the same time is uh, happy that they were taking things in such a weird direction, but also completely baffled because I was like, <laughs> 
is this going to make any of the fans happy? This seems like a complete betrayal of what we've seen, but <laughs> but I'm curious to go back to it. Oh man, that movie is like when a video game series goes a whole different direction. You mean like Dead Space 3? <sighs> oh, and it was my favorite. The last night was my favorite. Before Bumblebee, of course. Bumblebee. I mean, that's just... I mean, all these Michael Bay movies are not... Uh, they're, they're different types of movies, I think. Oh, there's no question about that. Yeah. <laughs> Very different. Additional music production by Hans Zimmer? Interesting. I'm assuming that's just reused stuff. Skrillex? Interesting. Did it say Skrillex? Yeah. Well, the his actual name, a.k.a. Skrillex. Is that the Christian, a Christian band? Or am I thinking of something else? Skrillex is not the Christian. Is not a Christian band. Yeah. Oh, Skillet, so. Skillet. I always get them mixed up. <laughs> Skillet is the Christian one. Oh fuck. <laughs> Do you know them, Isaac? If their name is Skillet, that's I don't I I don't understand how that's like a, a Christian band, but that's Christian metal band. I'm I'm ignorant on that part. Thrice is more like. They're, they're not metal, but Thrice is more like in that Christian vein than, than he, they, whatever. I, I, I'm not listening to them, so I can't say anything. I think they were like a rip-off band, but sorry. Go ahead, Eric. <laughs> no, I, I didn't even realize Skrillex was in But Skrillex, they didn't work on music. They worked on sound design in this movie. Oh. Oh, interesting. Okay, that's interesting. Well, I, I wasn't saying like... Well, I was just like fascinated to see his name there. Yeah, well, yeah. only you would recognize the name because I wouldn't know Skrillex's real name. Visual effects by method. Interesting. Yep. Well, they got like the shaft in, in uh, Infinity War. <laughs> and nowadays anyways, so. Yeah, from, from, from Wu-Tang to Transformers. Well, I guess just jumping into the... Oh, Tippet Studios. There you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, K&B too. Greg Nicotero was working on this. What the fuck? <sighs> Maybe you showed up to dress up Kelsey Gram- Kelsey Grammer's uh, corpse in the end there. <laughs> Potentially. Prime Focus Vancouver. Lovely. Yeah, but I'll say for my final thoughts for this one. Yeah, again, I, I, I do think that up until a certain point, it's my favorite Transformers movie up to this point. But then it goes on for like an hour more of just... It just completely loses me. It's like, why, why so long? What benefit does the movie have being two hours and 45 minutes? That just seems self-indulgent to the core. And that just, it sours it for me. But it's still, I think, okay. Like 5.2 out of 10, I'd probably stick to that. And that's, that's watchable. You know, that's not great, but it's watchable. But, uh, but how about you, Eric? Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the origins of the name Skillet. Um, let's see, because, um, they felt their name was like Southern cooking where you just toss a bunch of different things into a big old skillet and see what it turns out like. Yeah. P.S. Skillet's not great. They're, (laughs) they're like almost every other Christian band, except they have more of a metal core, but their music feels recycled and, and ultimately hollow. Wow. Um, I like this movie. It, yeah, it it kind of grounded the movie. I mean, the franchise more at this point. I was definitely looking for change after the last one. This did not deliver the change that I fully wanted to embrace. Mm. Um, and I remember people like my, my um, 
podcast cohorts like Cat, especially. Um, which oh. is like, well, she was just like, oh, another transformer, oh. and I think a lot of people were were just in general yeah. talking like, oh, this movie's gonna be total shit, and I just remember watching it going, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I've already explained the things, the shortcomings. Uh, I feel, but oh, it wasn't that bad, you know. You know. Oh, this this movie made. Uh... Because every year, Isaac, you don't, you don't know, but uh, one of uh, Eric's uh, frequent co- cohorts has a thing where every year she would do a turd off. Yes. Like, what are the turdiest movies of the year? And yeah, this one was definitely, it may have won this year the, for the turd off, but it was it was high at the top. Which is... And they fucking hated these these later Transformers. Which is why I'm rewatching Skyline now, and I've never seen Skyline 2 and 3. And this all came up because we were talking about turnoffs uh, offline um, <laughs> because they announced a fourth Skyline movie. Uh, so I am, oh, wow. I'm getting all geared up. <laughs> well, you won't be invited to the turnoff. That's for sure. I, I'm, I'm sad they didn't make one for the previous uh, 2022, but. Oh, I know. I know. But uh, no, they, they told me like since years ago, like no one is allowed to guess on the turnoffs which is why yes. I can never be on. But also they know I'd fuck it up because a lot of the movies they label as <laughs> yeah. turd-offs I don't think are that bad. Oh, and they mention you because I know you don't listen to that, but yeah, they'll be like, oh, Eric's crazy. He likes these movies, but no, it's shit. <laughs> but that's because they always take my comments out of, out of context. But yeah. Yes. <laughs> but sorry, this is, yeah, inside baseball in a way. Yeah, yeah, but... Isaac, uh, Isaac, what are, you, what are your thoughts of this, uh, well, this film? Well, you can tell by my participation and enthusiasm yeah. that I was very biased to this film and didn't exactly give it its fair dues. I think if you're looking for an action movie, I guess go with this one. I guess it's pretty. It's uh, it's. I guess it's worthwhile. It's it's a bit of it's a bit much. I, I will say that it's it's a bit much, but I you know I think it's. I think it's. I don't know if it's worth. I wouldn't rec. I I wouldn't give it my recommendation, but I would at least say like. Maybe if it's on TV, give it a watch if you're doing something or have it on the background. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go back to this personally. But yeah, and you didn't for this. Uh, I'm curious. Was it like a time thing, or did you just not have the? You didn't want to rewatch it, or because I'm curious about this. Uh... Well, no, I re- I I rewatched it. I just did like I didn't finish it. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were just like, no, nah, I'm not going to bother rewatching this crap. No, 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 no. I, I, I was definitely going to rewatch it. I just like ran out of time to watch. But at the same time, I not that I was not. I could have said stuff. I just chose not to. I was like, yeah, like I don't really want to. Uh, so the and besides, it wasn't really hard to remember the ending. The ending is just, hey, guess what? Optimus Prime wins. He doesn't die. Not like in two where he dies and comes back. You know, where they mucked it up, where they should have kept him dead that whole movie, even though, again, good grief, I didn't even realize that it's like in Man of Steel or uh, Batman v Superman, where it's like second movie and they already kill off the main character. Well, I guess, like, again, greatest hits. Like, it's just Transformers greatest hits. Like, hey, yeah. guess who's on tonight? Hey, like, guess who's on the radio next? Like, obviously, Kruger's trying here. I gotta, I gotta give him credit there. Like, he, the, Pucker and everybody else who's writing these uh, is trying now, now that like RC and Kurtzman, I mean, they obviously were gone from mm. two. I, I get that, but still just, you know, good on him for, for giving it a shot and having the, 
Dave Filoni effect. Yeah, it's but but even still, like at this point, yeah. After after this, I was like, I'm I I, I don't want to watch this anymore because uh, they've they've like definitely have a gone down the Transformers in a very different direction than I would like to see them go into, and so I'm like, I'm good. Like I'm I'm not saying they're for the masses and they're like appealing to the audience. I don't think they are appealing to the audience. I think they're just or maybe they are. I don't I don't know. But there's just as a fan, I'm not I'm not satisfied. And maybe that is a bit like you know uh, elitist and entitled of me. No, no, elitist uh, entitled of me. So like I don't I don't want to like you know us like oh they have to appeal to my vision or else like I won't watch it. I just you know I just won't watch it. So other except for obviously I'll be watching the last night for this podcast obviously so don't worry yeah my only curiosity was why this one broke the the camel's back but i guess maybe it was just the one that did it because they've all been betrayals of the the franchise in a way or at least you know not not actually like i I think not taking their mythology seriously or at least not not doing enough with their mythology it's like you just i don't even i don't even i'm not even saying you have to have all this stuff again greatest hits i'm just saying like Pick one thing and keep it with the Transformers. Have continuity, and while they do, it's like all of um, unless that theory of like who, if that whole thing on what the Earth actually is is true, then that's that makes everything in the previous films more interesting. But I, again, I don't fully know if that's the case or not. Um, I mean, if they did that, that's a big ripoff of animated, which is funny because that's also the Orsi and Kurtzman apparently. So, but again, I'm, I'm being very vague because I don't even know if it's the, the twist <laughs> or not. That then says a lot. But at this point, I'm not going to get animated like the 86 movie on screen. That was the only reason why I was also coming back to them. I kept saying, like, I want to see Unicron on screen. Mm. Um, so I'm like last night. Maybe at least if I could at least like going into the film now, because, you know, I, I guess I could do it here now. Okay. Well, what, what do I expect? What do I, ex- I, I know from our friends at geek pollution, they utterly hated that film so much. They were like, it's utter garbage. Uh, so a lot of my opinion comes from them. That's, that's not fair. Of course, the movie. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to go in there with like, uh, I'm biased and eyes and clouded by hate, but I hope, uh, Unicron is mentioned. I hope that the um, the uh, the equivalent to the Constructicons for the Autobots and their combiner uh, form. So I guess the Air Team or whatever it's called. I hope they come in. Uh, they're showing up. I hope there's a Six Changer. Again, I'm going through Greatest Hits. What a what a super, But at this point, it's just Greatest <laughs> Hits. So why not? Uh, I yes. hope there's a combiner. Uh, so I hope there's like a Power Links involved between two like Bumblebee uh, links up with say like Downshift um or landmine shows up I, I want to see like the the gigantic transformers um so i don't like we haven't had omega supreme in there yet uh but like metroplex as well would be kind of cool i'm thinking more of the ones from cybertron uh would be in there as well and if megatron or sorry galvatron comes back i hope he's a lot more like maybe better designed <laughs> and i know he's menacing but like i don't know something from the original cartoon and maybe optimus prime dies that's that's just what i like it like dies and stays dead and uh oh i guess i guess if it's the fifth and last one or whatnot hot rod shows up oh wow <laughs> just for that you know and just for that because we obviously don't have the matrix of leadership anymore uh there that's my that's no my that's my speculation on what transformers the last night looks like even though it came out in 2017 so 
There you go. Man, there, there's supposed to be a combiner of sorts in this movie. I don't know if it's still called a combiner or not, but I, I was I read about it, but I still haven't identified it in this movie. I there, there's a dump trunk character that is a single truck, but it breaks apart into three separate robots. But yeah, I saw them. Oh, okay. Uh, they see that's I sort of see that as the equivalent to uh, the racist Transformers in two, where they like made up that ice cream cart, so they sort of combine. Oh yeah, that's true. But usually, but when it comes to Power Links, for instance, from Energon, the one I'm thinking of, obviously the big selling point in that show uh, was that it was not in vehicle form. I mean, that'd be interesting if you could make it in vehicle form. Right. I know what you're saying. It's yeah, it's in robot form. But one one's the one's the lower torso half of the combiner. One's the upper half. Right, right. Um, that's what I want to see. But that's also a cool idea. Yeah, there there was one in G one who was like that, uh, like this version of combining the the camera. I can't remember its name. Oh, um, Perceptor, I think. No, 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 not Perceptor. Oh, okay. No, no, no. There's this camera. It looked like a regular point and shoot camera from the eighties. I think it was they were Decepticons, and they broke apart into three separate robots. Um, and you could like order; you couldn't buy it in stores, but you could order the toy like through the mail. Interesting, cool. I guess also more minicons, because like I guess we had some minicons here, but like oh yeah, oh, I used to love those when I was a kid. I'm talking like the Armada form of minicons personally, but that's just I mean yeah. Wait, oh, I guess Perceptor, yeah. Perceptor was the equivalent to Soundwave in the uh, in the G1. So, because he had his other, like, little cassettes. Or he had his mini-cons. I forgot. No, that's Blaster. Was it Bla- Thank you. I thought it was Perceptor. Perceptor was the um, microscope guy. And it was so weird because, depending on which version of the cartoons you were watching, or, uh, or which era, like, Perceptor was, like, the smart guy to do everything, or Ratchet was, depending on... That's true. Like, what season you were watching. Or if there was, if you need a medical officer, it was, or the, the, the medical doctor, um, it was Red Alert. Yes. I feel like they called him something else. Cause I don't ever remember them saying Red Alert, but... Um, Probably not, but that's just what I remember. Or at least this is from Armada and Energon. Actually, he was in Cybertron, what am I thinking of? Oh, but have we reached the uh, the end of this, uh, another Transformers episode here? Yeah, th- these are my guilty pleasures. Um... Uh, the final thing I'll just say real quick, because Isaac made me think of it when he was talking about the Floneyism again, because I was—I I know there's a better example that I can't think of. It's sticking. I love it. Uh, I, I there's a better example I'm not thinking of, but I was trying to think of some other franchise that that does this more the way Isaac describes it, and the best I could come up with off the top of my head, and I'd hate to compare this stuff to that, is the stupid Rings of Power series. Mm. Which is which is something that tries to play with an established um, mythology, but then again, kind of just takes things and name only, and then completely puts its own spin and stink on things. Um, now, this stuff is more removed from the source material, the Rings of Power. And again, I hate to compare this to that because I absolutely despise Rings of Power, and and obviously I'm okay with this this whatever this stuff is um, this weird transformer alternate universe and and not to sound like a broken record but like i said every time they came out with a new transformer movie from the third one onwards 
I was always hoping we would just leave Earth, go to space, and go on space adventures. And I always kept hoping and hoping that the next one was going to be the one, and the next one was going to be the one. And uh, I guess we're sort of still waiting, or I'm still waiting for that. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess... I guess even this new one doesn't look like it's going to do that. What a shame this. No, no, but it's going to do something, something weird. <laughs> but, uh, but, but take us home. Somebody take us home. Uh, okay. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, those between and unaffiliated, uh, thank you for listening. Do you, the listener believe that this is Michael Bay's attempts at actually trying to tell, uh, a story uh, using allegories and metaphors <laughs> about the U.S. politics or the U.S. policies on foreign, uh, oh yeah, peoples, uh, and even those internally as well. Yeah, it was kind of a manhunt. It's like the Red Party or it's Red Skiller all over again. Uh, so I don't know what his next film's gonna be. Where, where we go from there? It's the humans taking the fight to other or the well i guess the america taking the fight to other people in space i i don't even know peace